And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Stan is not here today, feeling a little under the weather as he got back from Florida, but he's going to check in with us a little bit later on this hour. Also coming up today, we will talk some Terps. Our buddy Rodney Elliott, former Terp, former Dunbar star, will check in with us. And our guy Chris Stewart. Alabama basketball play-by-play voice will join us a little bit later on as well, and we will preview tomorrow's second-round matchup because, of course, the Terps are on to round two. Today's show, or a reminder today, that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It is that time. It's the the phenomenon that's sweeping the nation. Wow. I was informed last night someone was out at an establishment, messaged me and said, I was over I was overhearing the table behind me. There were five of them. And you know what they were talking about? The Lamarometer. The Lamometer? They were talking about the Lamometer? <laughs> Don't overcompensate. I said, okay, that's that's fun. That's a fun thing. So, yes, every day at the top of the show, we update the Lamar meter. Lamometer. <laughs> Almost caught you napping. As we uh, are attempting to come up with a mathematical equation to define exactly what the chances are that Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens quarterback for week one of the NFL season. I do believe that there are people that are making a mistake. As I monitor Twitter, I think there are people that at this point convinced – that, that nothing else can happen. Every other team is out. It's a done deal. Lamar is going to be begging the Ravens to, to – no. You guys, you are missing the boat. But as you know, yesterday I was at 74%. I think it's likely – I think it's likely that Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens quarterback come week one. But as I keep trying to tell you, There are still lots of various scenarios that could play out. It was an interesting conversation we had with Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network yesterday where he brought up the idea that people in Indianapolis are saying, well, let's wait until after draft. Let's use the number four pick, but use it on something else. Let's go get a Jalen Carter, go get a... Hell, if it's all quarterbacks that go one through three, you could have Will Anderson at number four, right? Go get some rock star player and then put in your offer sheet and use the next two first-round picks in order to get Lamar Jackson best of both worlds, right? His response, of course, being, well, one of these things would involve the Ravens getting back the number four pick. And so if you're trying to convince them not to match an offer perhaps getting the number four overall pick would make them more inclined to consider not matching an offer than if it were to be the next two first-round picks, which there's almost no chance they wouldn't want to match. Now, I don't... Again, it it does appear to me like the Ravens are willing to match just about any offer. The the only... What I'm leaving this space for in the Lamarometer... Lamometer. ...is the idea that the offer is something crazy... That I just don't know if they like when we say the Ravens are be remember our conversation with Brian McFarland the other day that they've cleared space and they have enough space they still could clear to match even a front loaded contract. But if they've been opposed to going fully guaranteed, 
Do we know with certainty that they're just waiting for someone else to say they'd be willing to do it? That's the scenario that I had talked about, that they just want somebody else to, to take the heat. That if there is another team that were to put out a five-year, you know, $250 million fully guaranteed offer, the Ravens could go back to the owners' meetings and say, it's not on us, don't be mad at us, be mad at them. But I don't know that either. It's still possible that Steve Bishotti has said, come hell or high water, I'm not doing that. I don't care if somebody else is willing to do it. The Browns are willing to do it last year. I'm not willing to do it. So that is all factored into the equation. Imagine if a team like the Colts decided to say to themselves, let's go ahead. It involved the number four pick, so maybe they'd like that. And we're going to make it five years, $260 million fully guaranteed. I just don't know. I don't know what the Ravens do at that point. And that's the reason why, as of yesterday, we were sitting at 74%. So what changed in the last 24 hours? I got a message from our friend Ryan Chell yesterday reacting to a news story and wondering if that would impact where the Lamar meter would go. Okay, it didn't, took us to the third one. Lamometer. That's what we're talking about. You got to. You, you got to. Took number three. Number three. That's all it took. The, the news story was that the Colts were signing Gardner Minshew. Now, you might say, hey, that makes sense that that would affect the Lamar meter. Lamometer. Because the day before, I said Jacoby Brissett signing with Washington impacted the number. The difference being, Jacoby Brissett was entering into a picture where they already had a quarterback. And I, didn't, I don't know that the number, again, I moved the number 4% yesterday, and it has equally parts to do with Jacoby Brissett going to Washington, who I still think could be in on Lamar Jackson. I just think it's slightly less likely. And it also had to do with the fact that there were no known offers once the offer sheet period opened. Gardner Minshew going to Indianapolis, to me, has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. The Colts have nothing at the quarterback position. Nothing. You need to have a backup quarterback, too. Gardner Minshew is not changing their quarterback situation whatsoever. They're either going to draft a quarterback at number four, they're going to be in on Lamar Jackson, but either way, Gardner Minshew is going to be the backup quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, it might be that if they draft someone at four and they don't love that player, and they don't think they're ready, that Gardner Minshew has to start a game or two at the beginning of the season until that player is ready. That's possible. But Gardner Minshew has nothing to do with the Colts' quarterback situation. And if I'm being respectful, Jacoby Brissett showed enough last year in Cleveland that he's a more qualified NFL quarterback at the moment than Gardner Minshew is. He is. There's just there's no debate about that. He's far more qualified at the moment, which doesn't mean either one of them are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They're not. Jacoby Brissett isn't either. If you, you're starting quarterback, it's because you don't have a chance. It's you just getting through the season and moving on until you have to find your next quarterback. In Washington, if they don't get another quarterback, they're going to need it to be Sam Howell because Jacoby Brissett is just an emergency plan for if Sam Howell is a disaster and they have to have somebody play and they want to be just relevant enough in a league where there are probably playoff spots to be had. Gardner Minshew is not that. Gardner Minshew is not even an emergency plan. He's a backup quarterback. 
He's a, if somebody has to play a game, hey, for a second, it looked like the Eagles could survive Gardner Minshew, right? And then all of a sudden, they had to win in week 18 in order to make sure that they won the NFC because they had to play Gardner Minshew for a few games. Not a qualified NFL quarterback. So it does not impact the meter. So with that in mind, the Lamar meter reading for Lamometer, Lamometer. So you're going to move it up since there's moving it down? You are moving it up. What? Are, that looks higher. Exactly the same. Oh, that's exactly the same. Exactly okay. the same. Gardner Mitchell doesn't... doesn't Remi- don't. Remains at 74%. Remains at 74% for today. Now, somebody's going to say, ha, wow, it took you all of two days to be boring. Yes, it did. But I think there's something to be said for that. I- again, I know this is silly and this is fun what we're doing and this is kind of sort of needling what it is that we're all going through here and this is kind of a joke but I did say that I was going to attempt to make this an honest reflection of where we all are in this roller coaster ride and truth be told I can't come up with any reason for us to feel any different like I could have said let's bump it up one percent because of Gardner Minshew but I don't believe in any world in fact I would actually argue the other thing The fact that the Colts only addressed the quarterback position by Gardner Minshew says to me they're just as likely to be in the Lamar Jackson market. It's the exact opposite of thinking that it impacts it in some way. It actually, to me, they could have been in on somebody else. They could have been in on someone more qualified. I don't think a team that signed Jimmy Garoppolo should be out of the Lamar Jackson market because Jimmy Garoppolo is not an answer at the quarterback position. But I get it. You have to spend real money to get Jimmy Garoppolo, and that alone probably forces you out of the Lamar Jackson conversation. It's just from a sheer money standpoint, not something you can do any longer. Gardner Minshew isn't that. So Gardner Minshew doesn't register for me. It says loudly from the Indianapolis Colts, we've got to do something. We don't have an answer. We have to do something. Somebody said to me yesterday when we, I think, I, I think it was my old friend and former Baltimore County executive Don Moeller who chimed in on Facebook and said, well, it's pretty much down to the Colts. And I am going to push back on that. It is not down to the Colts to me. I understand why we all look at the Colts at the moment and say they're the team that has the least at the quarterback position. And so that might make them the most desperate. The Texans, I guess, have the least at the quarterback position, now that I think about it. But the Texans, I think we're all just so convinced, are going quarterback with number two, and that's the way it's going to go, that, I don't know, we we somehow register the Colts above the Texans. I don't know why we don't talk about the Texans. Like, if I'm the Texans, I would still rather have Lamar Jackson than... I know that Stroud has become the betting favorite to be... I guess since they obviously... I mean, I I don't know... they didn't since they didn't want Watson. I mean, Watson didn't want them. I guess. Yes, but, but I think that was unique to his circumstances. Right. I don't think it was the player that like. I don't think it was the football player that was the problem. I think the problem was Deshaun Watson. If anything, it's a franchise that could use a swift kick in the ass as far as relevancy is concerned. I, I can't fathom being in Houston and what I would feel about the depths that that franchise has fallen to in recent years. Like, if if any franchise 
could you? I know it's not a franchise that has a ton of history because they've only been around for a little while, but they were competitive. And this was Andre Johnson, and this was, you know, a, a team that mattered for J.J. Watt, Mario Williams. Like this was a team that was relevant and in the conversation every year. And now they are moribund. They have been run into the ground by horrendous leadership combined with the Deshaun Watson scandal. And they don't have anything to show for that trade yet. They've got lots of... I mean, again, if anybody was in the market, why are we ignoring Houston in this time? It just struck me. And again, the answer is because we think that the, the second best quarterback in this draft is probably still a pretty good bet. Again, the betting favorite now to be number one overall is Stroud. Daniel Jeremiah would tell you that Young is the best quarterback in the draft. He's the best prospect in the draft. Literally hasn't ranked number one of any player in this draft. So if you can get Bryce Young at number two, I could get why maybe they would, if you are that much of a believer in Bryce Young, you would say, hey, look, we know Lamar Jackson is better, but like we don't have to give anything away in order to get him. We feel pretty strongly about this guy. The Colts become more a part of the equation because after the first, the first two, maybe there's no Caleb Williams in this draft, but I think Stroud and Young are separated even from the next two guys, Levis and Richardson, who there are more differing opinions about. To be fair, some people think Levis is the best quarterback in this group. Listening to Daniel Jeremiah yesterday, he's like, dude, Anthony Richardson will either be a bust or he will be a superstar. And nothing in between. Sounds like a guy the Colts will take. I mean, it could very well be that that's who the Colts take if they're not in on Lamar Jackson. But the Texans, it's fascinating because like if I could act, like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if there's any team that should do it, it's the Texans. But they won't because the number two pick is too valuable and because they feel like they can get a, a real dude there. I absolutely still believe that New England is in the conversation. There is no world in which I would ever believe anything that they say in New England. If they are thinking about it, they are not telling you. No chance in hell that they're telling you. I still won't eliminate Washington, even with Jacoby Brissett. I think it's less likely with Jacoby Brissett, but I'm not going to eliminate them in the conversation. I'm not going to eliminate Atlanta, but because Taylor Heineke's there? Zippy chance that I'm eliminating Atlanta in this conversation at all. I don't care how many times they retweeted somebody else saying they weren't interested. My God. So we think there's probably about four teams then. Um, the only other one that I would put in as like a wild card would be, and it was funny because Greg Rosenthal brought it up the other day. Like, why wouldn't San Francisco be in? Right. Why not? And if the answer is just that they, they love Trey Lance, if the answer is just that they love Brock, I mean, that's fine, but not yet for me to eliminate them. Like, again, their draft pick is a little bit less like, why wouldn't they say, meh. We don't need this end of the first round. Two end of the first round. Let's take a look at it, right? Like, let's. I'm not eliminating them, is all I would say in the conversation. And again, because I think this thing is going to drag out past the draft, I I still think there's a small. the, The Dolphins can keep telling everyone how much they love Tua all they want. But there is still a small percentage of the Dolphins. Even if it's not. Like, some of these teams, you gotta remember. They might understand that the Ravens are going to match anything that you're going to offer in an offer sheet. But what they really want to do is maybe poison the well enough, make someone feel loved enough that that allows them, here, you can match the offer sheet, then we're going to work out a trade. 
And if the Dolphins are even thinking about it, they want the Ravens to love Tua. They're not going to say anything negative about Tua. They don't want anybody to think. They're going to purposely let everybody know how much they love Tua because they're going to think that could be part of a trade. They're not going to have both Lamar Jackson and Tua. They're going to hope that they can convince the Ravens will take Tua back as part of the return. So I don't think it's likely. And it's, it's sort of how I feel about San Francisco. I'm just not utterly and completely eliminating them. I'm not... There's nothing, the only teams that have done something at quarterback that I'm eliminating just from a money standpoint are New Orleans and Las Vegas. I just don't think monetarily you can do both of those things. I think it becomes impossible. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I think it's insane. They're both teams, like, it's unless, nuts. Unless the Ravens, like, took Derek Carr, right? Yes. And, and by and, the way, that, the, it, you know what? That's a fair point. Maybe yeah. I can't eliminate it, but, I mean, my God. The you just won't. You just signed the guy. <laughs> To try to turn around and trade him, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to take on that risk. I think that they are set. I, I, I mean, I think those two teams are going to have those guys moving forward. So, yeah, the number stays at 74% today. That's the reality. Nothing moves. Nothing moves in the Lamar meter. Lamometer. I don't have to stop. Um, because I want it to be known that that's the way this is going to work. We're not just going to do this for the sake of doing it. It's going to be an honest reflection of how I feel about the events of the last 24 hours. And we'll see what happens over the course of the next 48 hours. Uh, a couple of people scolded me yesterday for not talking about the Darius Slay rumors. First of all... There were no rumors. I, this goes back to the same thing I said about the guy that start, tried to start the... Some dude. Some guy. I think it was just a collection of Ravens fans. No, there was some guy in Philadelphia that put uh, out there that he had heard the Ravens were interested in Darius Slay. But cool. it was some guy. We gotta do better. We have to do better. Come on, man. We gotta be able. To, I I get it. This is the world Elon Musk wants. He wants us to not think there's a difference between Ian Rappaport and Steve Sanderson or whatever the hell the guy's name is. That's the point. Somehow we're elitist if we think that like journalists should have credibility. Anyone can be a journalist is what that th though it's not just Elon Musk there are plenty of people that are those types. It falls on us. And I've said this for a long time. I'm not even mad at Elon Musk. I mean, he's an idiot. Like he has no idea what he's doing with Twitter. He might be talented in other ways. Twitter is a dramatically worse product than it was once upon a time, and it was never a great product to begin with. Um but this is on us. And I said that even before Elon Musk ran Twitter. We have to be able to use the smallest amount of scrutiny, just the smallest amount, to look at someone's account and try to figure out who they are. I had someone try to fight with me the other day because of something I said I had heard. You want to fight with me, fight with me, fine. You want to say I'm just a guy, say I'm just a guy. I don't know. I don't care. But we absolutely have to be able to do that. We have to be able to separate and say, yeah, there is no reason to think this guy knows anything. Which doesn't mean that every now and then somebody with who bought a blue check mark or someone who just exists on Twitter as like Joey B Eagles man or something like that doesn't somehow know something or get something right. But assuming it, it's kind of embarrassing for us. Kind of embarrassing. All right, yes. Lamar meter remains. Thank you. 
remains right at 74%. No movement. No movement at all. Um, Jeff, I have no idea what you think you're saying. Jeff says, Glenn, if the Ravens would get next two first, it would be 24 and 25 picks, not this year. No, if they get it from a team that doesn't have a first-round pick this year, that would be the case. So if, like, for example, the Dolphins, they could have to wait until after the draft. It depends on when the offer sheet would come in. If it comes in before the draft, it would be this year's and next year's picks. If it comes in after the draft, it would be the following two years' picks. So if that helps, that helps. But that's it's that is not a thing that no matter who puts it in, it would be the next two. That's not the way that it works. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. This man's back from Florida, but unfortunately just a little under the weather, so he said, I don't want you guys to end up not feeling great, and I appreciate that. So he decided he would have his powder donut at home today. He is our friend Stan the Fan Charles, the chief grand poobah press box, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Stanley, how you feeling, my friend? Uh, been better, buddy. It doesn't been sound better. doesn't sound so good. I, I had I had this episode, you know, uh, five weeks six weeks ago. But other than that, I have not been. Uh, and I had COVID last June for three or four days. But I have not been. So far, I've tested negative for COVID. All right. But I haven't had a like a head cold in. God, it's got to be four or five years now. Man, I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah, Man. it's really different. Well, and really different. And like this, uh. this is how much Stan the fan cares about you. I hope you understand. Here he is battling through, trying to be a part of this show. He even <laughs> did his own show last night. My my God, yep. man! You, you you're allowed to take a day off, right? You are the chief grand poobah here at Press Box, Stan. Yeah, that's the, that that and ten cents will get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't think and so. I think they yeah. raised. I think they raised the price of coffee. Yeah, I don't think you ago. can get a cup of coffee for ten cents anymore. I don't think that's the way that it works. Um, and, and by the way, I just want to clear up something. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't not come in because I was afraid of getting you guys sick. I perp- I didn't want to get Griffin sick. That's what it was. You you were okay with me. Yeah. I could be out for a Thank couple you. days. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you, mean, Stan. well, you're. Thank you. Like just keep marching on, you know. Yeah, you're like Father Time, it's, just keep it is gobbling a, up things to do, and you know. You, but, but Griffin, he's he's in a different point in his career right now. It's so know. funny you say that. I'm doing like seven lacrosse games this weekend, <laughs> so you're actually <laughs> dead on. And I don't think at this point that a, that a cold would even affect me. I just keep doing it. Um, Stan, we'll keep which, it. Sh- which games are which games are you doing? Well, we hosted Stevenson the annual Mustang Classic, uh, where oh, uh, the, the top Classic. the top D three teams doing a lot Classic. of those games this weekend. Doing not all yep. of them, but a great yep. number of yep. them this weekend. Stan, I, let me. I right. won't. I won't keep you terribly long because of how you sound, and I, I want yep. you to be able to go lay down. But let me knock out two things with you, if I could. Um, obviously, the big story in baseball this week is Edwin Diaz getting hurt, and I. I'm in a weird place because I feel two separate things. The first thing I feel is the World Baseball Classic to me is a joke. I don't get invested in it. I don't care how many people go or how much the players say they like it. It's a 10-day tournament that's fabricated. They don't even let the pitchers pitch, and I don't think they should. I'm not trying to argue that. 
It's that it's proof of how much it doesn't matter. It's not real. It's not actually baseball. A guy could be throwing the game of his life, and he's arbitrarily going to be forced out of the game. There is no other competition that exists where you say the best player in the game has to come out at some point, and this is a place where it does. So the World Baseball Classic to me is not real. I didn't even realize it literally is over in 10 days. It's 10 days. They immediately play. And it's not, and it's and it's also so important to have a, a world champion. Why isn't it every year? Correct. I mean, I, look. Well, the world I mean, the World Cup is uh, only look, every I'm, four years. Like, I'll I'll give I'm, that. I'm kind of I'm with I'm with you, Glenn. But I have to admit, last night I happened to read the Athletics. Uh, our old friend Brittany Garoli, mm-hmm. and she wrote an impassioned. She wrote a pretty impassioned piece. I, Taking the opposite about how how important it is, and and this could have happened any you know at any time could have gotten hurt walking. And that's the part. Stan, that to me is the relevant part. And by the way, Adam Jones also has been going off about it on Twitter. Like Adam Jones has been, and we all of course know that Adam Jones has the only moment that's ever mattered in World Baseball history, classic history, and he is very passionate about it. You're, the second yeah. part of that, to me, is the more relevant point, right? As little as I care about the World Baseball Classic, and as much as I think it's a joke, right? I, at right. the same time, guys are going to get hurt. Like, if Edwin Diaz can get hurt, you know, in a fluke celebration, that smells to me like he could have gotten hurt, you know, walking his dog, that he could have gotten hurt doing any number of things. So I, I, I don't know that it impacts whether or not teams start to go back to, you know, Rob Manfred and say, we want out of this thing because as much as it stinks, I mean, it's, I mean, I'd be sick if I was a Mets fan this week. I just don't know that you could say, well, this only happened because he participated in the World Baseball Classic and we don't need that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of betwixt and between myself after reading Brittany's passionate uh, defense of it and saying, you know, hey, uh, uh, the, the example she used was Joe Musgrove dropped a weight on his toe and hasn't pitched in spring training, but we don't say that we should stop strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a tough one because I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it has really much meaning. Uh, and it, it is, it's gerrymandered. I hate the timing of it, but I don't think you'll, you'll get all these teams, to be put together sort of in a, in a period like in January where players are going to ramp up, you know, six, seven weeks before the season starts and do the same thing and then go to spring training. So they, they sort of shoehorn it in and it, it doesn't have hold a lot of meaning to me, but uh, the players definitely, they, they really uh, enjoy it and, it's an important part of of their, uh, you know, identity as players. I think. It, look, I can get why it's special for them. It's definitely better than going yeah. and showing up in Dunedin, right? Like, I can certainly understand yeah. why yeah. these players would say, "You mean I got to be playing baseball anyway? Like, I have to be doing something baseball yeah. related in March? I can either play in major league stadiums in front of a national TV audience." And and put my country's colors on, or I can go be on a backfield at Twin Lakes Park. Like, eh, I think I might mm-hmm. go wander over to the World Baseball yeah. Classic. Yeah, and yeah. decide that that's yeah. the way for me. Um, I, yeah, and again, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that it's going to change, but it's still not going to change my opinion of the event, which is, I, it, it's better than <clears throat> than watching, I guess, the spring training baseball game. But I don't know. I don't. I just don't care. I don't care, and I, I can't get invested in it. I, 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 
I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm kind of, I'm with you when I, when it goes on, I'm down at spring training. I'm kind of paying attention to those games and, you know, trying to get my sense of what the Orioles are about. And then at night I might go to dinner. I don't spend an awful lot of time watching the games. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, I'm assuming you did watch the Maryland game, however, yesterday. I certainly did. I, I am I certainly did. You know, we haven't even talked about it yet today on the show. I'm going to get into it. Rodney Elliott will join us here in a minute. I I don't know. I stand. I was really emotionally detached. Like if that, it would have been a cr- a, cr- a crushing feeling for that shot to have gone in at the end of the game. But I look. I I think Maryland's going to turn around and lose by thirty tomorrow. Like I I don't I don't think this was ever going to be a team that made a deep run. So my response to them winning a game is sort of like neat, but. I don't know. It, it This season to me had been defined long before it got to the NCAA tournament. It was a successful season. I'm encouraged about the future. If they turn around tomorrow and they get run off the floor by Alabama, I'm not going to feel any different about the season as a whole. That's uh, pretty much sums up my feeling. Um, I, I think they'll, I, I don't think they'll get run off the court. I think um, I, I haven't seen Alabama play all that much, but I think, um, I think these guys, they've got, look, it's not an incredibly talented team. So it won't shock me if if we get beat. Uh, clearly, Alabama's a, a one and Maryland's a, an eight or nine. Um, I, think, I think we'll find a way to keep it close for a good while. I don't think we'll win the game, but I'm, I'm with you, Glenn. I think this has been a marvelous turnaround season uh and i give i give the coach i mean look his players play hard for him and they have a sense that they believe in him and that's why they play so damn hard you know and that's why they're fun that's why they're fun to watch in agreement in agreement all right before i let you go stanley and 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 he um yeah and, and let me just add that he and by the way i'm okay to talk a few more okay all right great great yeah but um, the thing I, I take away from this season is how quickly the Maryland fan base sensed that something's different here and were drawn to this team. You know, the, you know I, again, we have an expression that I often use is, you know, this guy would screw up cornflakes. <laughs> it was hard to screw up the passion fans around Washington and Baltimore had for the Terps, you know. And Mark Turgeon managed to do that he's not a bad person that doesn't make him a bad person he was a bad hire and uh i'm just excited that we're back i i'm i now find myself it's a point of viewing for me again yep. to watch maryland basketball yep. games and, and again i i it wouldn't have been the end of the world to me if they had lost that game just nothing was going to shake the positive feelings i have about this team Nothing was going to shake the positive feelings I have about the future of this program, that it's going to be a place that I can't guarantee they're going to go win a national championship in the next decade because it's really hard to do that, right? Like basketball, Louisville, they won in the last decade. Syracuse hasn't won a title in the last decade, right? Like really solid basketball programs. UCLA, it's been a really long time. Indiana's been a long time. Um, Michigan State, it's been over 20 years, been longer than Maryland. But, you know, I, I feel like they have a chance to be back in the na- national conversation 
within the span of three to five years to be relevant and have a team that can compete to go to a Final Four in the next three to five years. That's how bullish I am about the job that Kevin Willard has done. So then let's you and I talk about the other thing. You know, there was big news back here at Press Box this week. The Lamar meter? Yes. The Lamometer. We have unveiled our... I heard about it. Unveiled I heard about it down in Florida. Our newest feature is, of course, the uh, Lamar. It's very high-tech, Stan. It's right over my left shoulder. (laughs) Extraordinarily high-tech that Griffin's neighbor put together, Gwen's Chili Bowl. And I want to ask you... (laughs) I want to ask you, because remember, the Lamar meter is not a reflection of your opinion, right? It's not, here's what I want the Ravens to do. Here's what I hope. Right. You know, it's not that. It's just mathematically taking in everything, all the information we have, what is the likelihood that Lamar Jackson would be the Ravens' starting quarterback for week one of the 2023 season? So, for example, today I have left the meter at 74%. Using everything I've got, nothing happened yesterday that changed my number. But I want to know for you, if you were in charge. By the way, and I think there will be a day, because I think I'm out in a couple of weeks. I'm not going to be here on a Friday. So you will have the awesome responsibility of managing the Lamar meter. Where would you have the meter if you were sitting in this seat today? And again, it's it's what I think will happen or it's, what I want to happen. It's what you think will happen. It's your confidence that Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens' starting quarterback in week one of the 2023 season. As much as I am sick of all the drama uh, and sick of the cryptic uh, tweets, I don't see anybody overwhelming the Ravens uh, stampeding us to, to, to get this player. So I would say that I'm about right there, about 75 to 80%. I don't see Lamar Jackson not playing, you know, and foregoing $35 million or $32 million uh, because he's pissed off at um, Eric DaCosta, Steve Bishotti, or John Harbaugh. So I would say it's about 75 to 80% that he most likely will be a Baltimore Raven this year. So you would even have the meter slightly higher than I do, potentially. Um, not significantly, but slightly higher. And I hear yeah. I hear what you're saying, Stan. I still think there's, and it's, it's interesting because this came up in conversation, I am using the term week one for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. I do think there's still a possibility that if ultimately it's just the tag figure, that Lamar mm-hmm. could hold out long enough that week one does become... In jeopardy, I think like that, not because the Ravens would say you've got to sit. Like if Lamar Jackson shows up on the the you know, Labor Day weekend and says, "All right, I'm ready to go," I don't think John Harbaugh is going to say, "Well, you haven't been here for training camp. You don't you don't get to play in week one." I don't think he's going to you know hurt himself in the process and say we feel right. like we have to penalize you. But I do think there is at least a chance that to send a message, the Players Association would <coughs> encourage him to actually miss a game. Remember, how many games did Michael Crabtree miss when he held it? He went the full distance, if I remember correctly, like that he held out as many games as he could before he would lose a year. That's not the same situation here because you don't need to accrue any more years. The franchise tag is different than that. Um, I don't know. I just and think who was the running back? Who was the running back for Pittsburgh? Le- Le'Veon Bell, the, um, who sat out the entire season. Yeah. And his, his scenario yeah. was the same as Lamar's, of course. He was on the franchise tag and sat out the entire right. t- entirety of the season. I am with you that I would still be surprised. I, the, the part of this, though, reflecting my numbers, Dan, 
is reflecting some of the unknown that's involved. Like, I don't know where Lamar is. Like, if he is just a dude that has been convinced that he can become the Kurt Flood of football, he can become the guy that breaks the system, then I don't know anything would be on the table. As you and I have talked about that, I just don't know any reason to think that that's what Lamar Jackson's all about. Nothing that we've seen about him suggests that's what he's all about. I just don't know... I don't know what his deal is at this point. Like I, I, it's I am so confused about where what his priorities are. Unless it's just I'm going to wait as long as I possibly can in the hopes that one team will be the team that decides they're willing to go. You know, five years, two hundred fifty million dollars, fully guaranteed. And to your point, it doesn't look likely that that team is coming at this point. Well, to me, uh, again. I know enough about negotiations to watch this negotiation. It's now on what about eighteen months that they've been trying to get a deal done with that's Lamar. About right, Is that yeah. about right? Glenn? Yeah, that's probably because he Roughly. didn't. He the word was he didn't want to do it before you know after his third season. So that math works out about right. right. Yes. Okay. Um, if there's a negotiation that's going on, and and I and I do believe Eric that he has a terrific relationship with him. You know, and I'm not saying that Lamar should sign for under what he wants just because of his relationship with Eric DaCosta, who I would say they have a business relationship, but I would I would think they're they're fairly friendly. Um, but if the two of them can't get closer to a deal, it's history historically you need two other people negotiating. Yeah, and that would be. Either Sashi Brown and an agent, yep, or Steve Bashotti and an agent. Um, this just isn't working. Um, it's it, you know, no matter what each one puts out in the media about the other one, about how much they like this guy and have a great relationship with him, it's just not working. It's not. It's not working. And they they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. So I think that uh, what we have here is an insane situation. Um, I think that's it's not as if it's not as if Eric DaCosta hasn't proven that he's able to come to terms with a lot of players. Sure. This is the first player he's had that he's come face to face with that he can't get a deal done. It's just it's kind of mind-blowing. And that, to me, it also speaks to the uniqueness of the player and why I, I have to leave a little wiggle room mathematically for just not knowing what the player's deal is. So, and I've, I've made this comparison a couple times. I don't know if you've been here for any of them, but you know, you're a married man. I'm sure you've been through plenty of these things. In relationships, sometimes we say things that we think are innocuous, right? Like I just I might say to my right. wife one night, hey, I just don't really think I want chicken for dinner tonight. And all of a sudden, three hours later, I'm being told that I don't value her and I don't respect her, and I'm like, whoa, what the what the hell just happened? I just all I said was I didn't want to have chicken tonight. Like that's not I I absolutely am leaving room in all of this for the idea that the Ravens believe they've done everything right in this process, that they are just trying right, but to somehow negotiate. Somehow they've offended. Exactly yeah, but right. Somehow they've offended. Him. And at yeah. some point, Lamar Jackson, despite the fact that the Ravens have no reason to think they've done anything wrong. He, there is some offer sheet that's not even all that different than what the Ravens would have offered him to begin with, and he goes back to them right. and says, you better not match it. You, you better not match it because I'm done here. I'm, you can say, mm-hmm. well, it's all right. We can do I'm telling you, don't. 
because I don't want to be here any longer. Sort of like what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now in Green Bay. Um, and I, yeah. as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers and I think he's a nut, you can make an argument that the Packers did mistreat him in a way because they drafted a quarterback when they needed real football players to give him a chance, right? Yeah. They needed a guy that could get on the field. Yeah. The Ravens haven't done anything. I, I mean, somebody would say they kept Greg Roman around, right? Like somebody would say they have done things that, that were mistakes. But I don't think they've done anything like that to Lamar Jackson. I still think it's possible that one day he just wakes up and says, nah, I'm done there. I'm done there. I don't. Yeah. Want, I don't want to be there yeah. any longer. It and, sure. It sure feels the the cryptic comments that he makes on Twitter. They they just smack of a guy who's pissed off. You know that somehow he now feels. You know what's funny? That Stan? the Ravens have painted him into a corner, and he doesn't like that corner. I I so, got the sense the other day. I, I, that he was offended specifically by everyone saying he needs an agent. Like, I I don't even know. The, the thing the other day I thought was less about the Ravens and more, like, I think he's trying to prove to everyone, I don't need an agent. You guys are wrong. This system doesn't work the way that you think it does. And I don't agree with right. that, right? I think he's wrong. Right. But that's the way right. that response read to me was it was less about the Ravens that he was trying to take his anger out and more about how every single one of us has sat back and said time and time again, Lamar just needs an agent. That's all. If he just had an agent, we would get this thing done. And that was the thing that it seemed like he, he – it seemed more like he was pissed off at us than he was necessarily at the Ravens mm-hmm. with that response. He's de- there's definitely some of that bleeding through this, uh, Glenn. Listen, if I had been healthy and uh, gotten back from Florida, I was going to get my friend, a good friend of mine, Rick Schaefer. Right, He's an right. uh, ex, ex-agent. He used to handle uh, Herschel Walker, Dennis right. Bird. He he was one of the prime, you know, he was like a Lee Steinberg type, maybe uh, a little are, are less you sure he still wants, of players. Are you, are you sure he still wants you to say he had Herschel Walker, or would he maybe prefer that we kind of forget about that? Nah, he's, 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 okay. he's okay with that. Right. He's okay. But he's the one that negotiated the contract with Donald Trump when uh, Herschel Walker signed with the, with the New Jersey yeah. Generals. Yeah, but uh, I want to get him on the show. He's got some unique insights about how the Ravens value uh, Lamar, and I think he's he's kind of right on the money. You know. Right, well, we'll do that next Friday. That'll so be. So I'm going to get yeah. him. I'm, I'm going to try and get him on next yep. Friday. That'll be the plan. We will do that next Friday and have yep. that conversation. I will look forward to it. Anything else that's? I been... have a strong. I, I have a strong feeling that nothing different is going to happen within the next seven days. I got a funny feeling you're right about that. I got a funny feeling we're just going to sit here, and that's part of the reason why we're doing the Lamar meter, Stan, because that's what we've got here. Like It's it's a little (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. I am legitimately trying to use every all all the information we have to come up with a mathematical equation. Like That part is legit. I'm not just – I didn't move the thing today. I'm not just trying to make up numbers to make it an utter joke, but the existence of Mm -hmm. this is because – we're doing the same thing every day. We're trying to parse through emoji tweets. We're trying to parse through it, it, what it means that Gardner Minshew signed with the Colts. How does that affect Lamar? Because we're nothing's changing from a day-to-day basis. It, has it moved much? I mean, has it been as low as sixty percent? It, now it's at seventy. It's funny, Stan. Was it at eighty-five? The 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 concept for the Lamar meter is that two weeks ago, before the tag. I said I was at something like just, and we didn't have an actual chart behind us, but I said I was at something like fifty-one forty-nine. Like that was where I started before the tag, 
And I found mm-hmm. myself just sort of every day being like, you know what? I'm more like 54%. I'm more like, but we we only mm-hmm. put we only put this up on what Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday? Wednesday? yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. So at that point, I was already at seventy percent. So no, it hasn't moved. The the Jacoby Brissett to Washington moved it a little bit because not mm-hmm. not that I think it fully rules Washington out, but I do think mm-hmm. it makes it less likely that Washington is right. in with Jacoby Brissett. So that was enough to move it slightly, and just the fact that we got to the start of the league year, the point at which offer sheets could start coming in and none did, those two things bumped it up a little bit from 70 to 74%. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like I, at this point, there are no quarterbacks left to go anywhere. <laughs> like they're all employed. Right. Marcus Mariota right. is going to go be the backup in Philadelphia, I guess. So there's that, like I, there's no one left. And it also is a factor for the Ravens now. Like there is no backup plan that you can have. It's it's Lamar or it's you've got to recoup a top ten a top seven probably draft pick in order to be able to make sure that you can draft your quarterback. There is no backup plan available now on the market that could be your starting quarterback next season. Now, I know the Ravens only at this time have five draft picks, but do you think that given the situation on draft day, if Eric DaCosta has come to a different conclusion? that this isn't going to work long-term here, that he he's going to try and find somebody out of this draft class? Um, well, it's it, that almost becomes very difficult to do at this point. You would need somebody to, to put an offer sheet out that you could match in order to be able to trade Lamar Jackson, right? Like, you can only trade him now if there's an offer sheet on the table. So if we get to the draft and gotcha. nobody's, if nobody's put an offer sheet out, they're kind of screwed. <laughs> like they can't. They're kind of screwed. Yeah. You, you know, like they need the. Cards. Remind me. Of, remind me of one thing. The yeah. the Aaron Rodgers situation when they drafted what's his name Love. Jam- yeah, Jordan what's Love. What's his first name? Jordan Love. Yes. Yeah, Jordan Love. But the Eagles was had Wentz gotten hurt that year, uh, and is that why the GM there Howard Wiseman uh, picked uh, Jalen Hurts? Boy, he had I cannot been, remember. So he got hurt the year they won the Super Bowl, obviously. Right. Nick Foles was the backup. So it was the I, next draft. I'm almost positive. I, I mean, that, that would be drafted. I don't feel like it was after that, it was though. 2020, right? they drafted. Yeah, Jaylen. 2020 yeah. was hurt. So it would have been a, two years removed? It would have been. Yes. So it was. So it was after they watched. Yeah, after Wentz came back and they felt like he was not the same guy that he had been. Right. Because I think we all remember the guy was playing at an MVP level before he got hurt. He was hurt. playing at an incredible no level. No question. Yeah, he was playing at But he just wasn't level. the same guy after that. Um, the one yeah, thing I would yeah. say to your point, like if there was a quarterback, if there was a quarterback available at 22, you could do that. The consensus now is that all of the quarterbacks are going in the top 10. So you would have to get yeah. up into the top 10 in order to get a quarterback. And yeah. The Ravens yeah, don't have the assets. They definitely yeah. don't have the assets to do that. Like that is not an option yeah. for them to do it. So, it, well, again, I'm going to work on getting uh, Rick in with us next uh, Friday on the phone with us. Sounds and, good to uh, me, my friend. Chat with him. And All I, right. I assume you'll still be on with the boys tomorrow morning on the bat around. Still be on with the boys tomorrow morning, and uh, I, I actually don't feel as bad as I sound. Oh. Uh, and then Monday, Eric Garfield is going to join us. I bumped into him out at Twin Lakes Park. He is 
this side of Matt Blood, there's nobody that knows the Orioles system like Eric Garfield. Yep, uh, of course. From he... Snowball Man, from Snowball Man to uh, you know the guru of the Orioles farm system. And he had been here for a long time here in Baltimore, but moved down to Sarasota. So we'll look forward to that. And if you missed yep. it, you had uh, the the Blast General Manager on last night, correct? Had Gianni Tuminelli, Tuminello. Very interesting conversation. Blast have an interesting weekend ahead. They've got the, the uh, a sellout on Saturday night against Utica. I think it is. It's Hall of Fame night. Uh, Barry Stitz, Jason Dieter, and Nick Mangione Jr. are all going into the Blast Hall of Fame. And then Sunday, they turn around same time, 6.05, and play the Kansas City Comets. Uh, and they're in the, a strong fight for their playoff uh, and, spot. And that has always been a big weekend for them, Hall of Fame, Fame weekend, so yep. that's a very yep. cool thing. At Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you follow him. Hope you continue to feel better, my friend. We'll look forward to seeing you next Thank Friday. You. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Stan Bye. the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box with us on GCR. Somebody's going to ask the question, Hey, does that run the risk that you're just going to be stuck at 74% on the meter for forever? I will I, I will tell you this as well. This is the benefit of me being the one doing the meter. I am willing to listen. Like, even just listening to other people, I said, I am. I do want this to reflect a general feeling. To be as much of an authority as I guess, I, I know this is a silly thing we're talking about that I'm talking about as being an authority. Like, I understand. There's a lot... There's a lot there. But if you guys feel a certain way, like it might be that on Sunday night I post on Twitter, I want to know what your guys' feeling is, and that, that number could move based on just hearing from you guys. Stan said he'd be a little higher than 74%. He'd be between 75 and 80%. I'll file that away. Even if there's not news, there could be things that could choose make me choose to move the meter slightly after listening to the opinions of others. I've chosen that my number might be a little bit low, might be just a little bit low. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. Um, now, again, those of you whose opinions are, get him out of here, trade. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just can't. Mouth, mouth breathing isn't going to help me today. I had ended up having it by the Facebook. I put it up on Facebook the other day, and it was embarrassing. Like the greatest offensive player in the history of the franchise, and you guys are just like, oh, no, he's got to go. For what? Like, like, what is going Anthony on? Anthony Brown, obviously. Like, I understand we're all frustrated by how long this thing has dragged out, but please tell me how it has impacted your personal life. They call him Anthony the Future Brown. Right, the Future. That is what they've called him, isn't it? Like, tell me why it is that it's so rough for you that you're waiting on news about Lamar Jackson's future. I get it. Trust me. I understand. We're all invested. Or it's so good for you, I guess, that... What do you mean? That your life is going so well that this is the thing. Oh, that impacts you in any way. It yeah. can impact you in a positive way. Sure. Tell me how it impacts you in any direct way at all. I'd love to know because it was bizarre to me, like and completely and totally bizarre reading some of these responses. What the hell? Why do you care this much? You know it's NCAA tournament week, right? Like you understand it's the best week of the year. Did you hear about Furman? It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. The Paladins. The funny thing is the Princeton thing was actually quite boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that they methodically beat them. It was just like Arizona just. All of a sudden you looked up and you're like, was Arizona just not trying any longer? <laughs> it was really weird. They didn't score like, what, the final four or three yeah. minutes? Yeah. They, they just 
like it was it was tight, so you had to watch it. But it didn't create the moment. Like the Furman mm-hmm. moment is oh the moment gosh. of the tournament. Like nothing. I can't fathom what could still happen in this tournament that would be more magical. That's the thing you're going to remember. You're going to remember Furman. You don't remember every upset that happens in the first round, but you remember when a dude just decides to chuck the ball over his head. And you feel terrible for the kid, and watching him cry afterwards yeah. was tough, right? Like, by the way, straight shoot. So I had to go down to uh, Spalding yesterday to help them out with the uh, lacrosse. And I'm watching... Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope there aren't any police officers. I wasn't in Baltimore County, Corporal. I promise. Not in Baltimore County as I was doing this. You were oh, in the city God. limits. Oh, God. I'm not even thinking about our partners. I uh, I definitely had it on my phone, right? You're mostly listening. Mostly listening, yes. I get to the tunnel, and I'm like, oh, crap. I might lose the broadcast. I had finished watching the Maryland game, right? And they, but the 1057 was still doing Maryland post game. So I'm scrambling to find a radio station that's got, thankfully, uh, yeah. our, our sister station, 1300, um, was just running the Westwood One feed of the NCAA tournament. Which, by the way, Reed and I will be off on Sunday because 1057 for the weekend is going to carry. Um, the, yeah, anytime that anytime that Maryland's not playing, they're going to run it on 1057. But it's like Saturday night, they'll take the Maryland network, and I guess the Westwood One feed will move over to 1300 as well. I don't know. I, I'm not in charge over there. I just work there very part-time. But I know I'm off on Sunday because of the tournament. Papa bless. So I'm like, oh, God, i got to find this radio station because the, there's no way the, the, the video will go out in the tunnel, right? Like, it's going to have to. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't. I kept waiting for it to, but it didn't. And it actually created a scenario where I heard what happened before I saw it. Ah. And that was actually quite a bummer. <laughs> because it's it was so amazing, I wish I didn't know what had happened before I saw it. It was like 10 seconds difference between the radio broadcast and the, the phone. Gotcha. But it was unbelievable. I, I mean, mean, it was just the coolest moment ever. It was. It was yeah. And again, unless you're an air... air uh, uh, Virginia fan, in which case it was, I mean, imagine five years to the day, five years to the day that they lost to UMBC. Is it like their their last five tournaments, they're like one and four in the first round now? Or one in, maybe it's one and three. It might be one four. and three in the last four. four. That might be right. Because uh, I, do, I do think they lost in the first round after they won the title. So now, they just, again, I'll, if, they if, I, if I get a championship out of it, I'll take that record. I'll be good with it if it also involves winning a national championship. I'll be totally fine with losing in the first round every other year. But my God, to lose like that. I mean, like, I, I'll never in a million years. I mean, I, again, I don't, the kid probably explained it after the game. Like, he might have thought there was less time on the clock than, than there was or thought he had flung the bar all farther than he did, whatever it was. They also had a timeout left. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I was thinking the game was because I, I I had it on this computer yeah. in front of me since the Maryland game was over there. Yeah, and I just didn't change it, but I had the Furman game on, and I'm like, ah, I mean, they made the free throw. I yeah, mean, they're just gonna foul. It's yeah, gonna be a boring, too, slow yeah, end. And then Kevin Harlan starts screaming, and I look up, and I'm like, oh my god, oh yeah. my god, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was. Yeah, maybe maybe if you're so worked up, watch some of that. <laughs> Go have a green beer. Go do whatever it is that you need. Come out to the Mustang Classic this weekend. Griffin Bass will be signing autographed 8x10s. 
I guess they're already well, if they're already autographed. You wouldn't want to sign them. No, he's gonna sign eight by tens that someone else has already autographed. Autographed Lou Ferrigno eight by tens. Griffin <laughs> will then sign them. Of course I will. That's what people is that, if do. That's anything what people with want. your time, anything at all. In order to distract yourself, because there is no reason why your reaction should be this visceral at this point. I get it. We're all frustrated by it. But, like, you know, channel it into a Lamarometer, maybe. Lamarometer. Something that's silly and fun and not going to make you lose your mind the same way. We'll talk more about, we haven't added, I haven't spent a lot of time, Stan and I talked a bit about it. I'll spend a little bit more time talking about Maryland's win. I thought that there was a moment yesterday that was just really wonderful. If you missed, if for whatever reason you weren't paying attention because some people watch things distractedly, and you didn't catch Kevin Willard's halftime interview on CBS. It's one of my favorite things. It's just delightful. So if you missed it, we're going to share it with you today. Rodney Elliott still to come. A lot to do. We wind down hour number one of the program. Bet Fred is now live in the state of Maryland and has a great deal for you during March Madness. Bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. But the thing is... You can't just go to Bet Fred and get that deal. You have to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. That's where you'll be able to find these Bet Fred offers. Bet $50, get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. But you can only do it if you go to pressboxonline.com slash offers where you can find other great specials and sign-up deals. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career path? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in IT and cybersecurity. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. IT and cybersecurity are growing fields that can provide a stable income and job security. With CCBC's IT and cybersecurity programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these exciting fields. Call us at 443-840-2222 or visit ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC IT and cybersecurity. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. 
Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we're into hour number two of the program. The print issue of Pressbox is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. There's Gunnar Henderson. You see him. He's on the cover of this print issue of Pressbox. Go get it right now, wherever it is that you get Pressbox. All right, we're going to do some things a little bit out of order here in hour number two because i got to get out of here. Chris Stewart's going to join us at the end of the show, and i got to get out of here right after that. So we'll do Tidbit and Tubular a little bit earlier than we usually do. Rodney Elliott's going to join us in a bit. Um, Griffin, do you have the audio that I sent you? I do, yes. This is this was great. So Maryland, of course, um, you know, it was not always aesthetically pleasing. I, I don't know how many teams figure out ways to win games and they go. How long? The, how long is this their first half scoring drought? That was like at least six minutes, I mean, right? It was, I it thought was it was like seven, seven minutes. Maryland maybe eight minutes. scoring drought. Let me see if I can get it. I'm, I'm sorry. It was like seventeen to four, like eight, eight or eight or nine minutes in. <laughs> I mean, it was it was nuts. Yeah, nearly eight minute scoring drought, and then later in the game, you're also on the wrong side of what did it end up being. It was another 10-0 run. Oh, it was definitely a 10-0. I thought yeah. it was a 13-0 run later on in the game, and yet you still somehow figure out a way to win the game. Wild man, wild that you can do all of those things and beat a a pretty good team. Um, some of the us against the world stuff that like Maryland was doing and some of their fans were doing on Twitter, like that's. That to me is almost as dumb as overrated, right? Like, well, it was weird I, that no one picked Maryland. It's that was it's weird, but I get it. The Big Twelve has been the and by the way, everybody was damn near right. Yeah, they were a shot at if that kid realized. I don't know who the kid was. That kid realizes at the end of the game, hey, I've got a few more seconds. Take a more set shot. I I don't know what happens. Like, the, I don't know how much I'm flexing. Over surviving. They survived Turf, yesterday. Turfs are supposed to suck this year. Maybe. Come on. That, that's fine, but that has nothing to do with yesterday. Like, if you win by 25 points, maybe you flex a little bit. Maybe you say, really? You guys all thought we were going to lose? You kind of got lucky. Like, again, so would West Virginia have been if they would have won. But I don't know how much flexing I would be doing versus saying, hey, it's fun to win in the NCAA tournament. Maybe we don't try to... 
turn this into something it isn't. It was nice to get away from that Big Ten officiating. It felt like, well, you know, we had yeah, some calls. I mean, weren't, I weren't correct. Go I, our way. I guess. <laughs> well, a lot of yesterday. The, I felt like they should have implemented the pitch clock during yesterday's game. It was like two and a Gosh. half hours. I had I had done the math where I'm like, I can watch the whole game and then leave to get mm-hmm. down for this lacrosse game I have to do. This is great. And then, of course, it ended like not the case. It was a two and it was a two and a half hour game. Like regular season games, we have been this season. There have been Big Ten Network games that have been an hour and fifty minutes. I know, for doing the radio show, there have been games that have been an hour and forty-five. Yesterday was two and a half hours. Now, part of it was just the insanely long reviews. And yeah, I, I still don't really see how that was Maryland ball there late <laughs> in the game. Like I'm pretty sure Jameer Young just turned it over, and it also in the final couple of minutes just had the feeling of. If there are 20 more seconds in this basketball game, you're losing. Yeah. But whatever, they won. It all counts. 67-65, they beat West Virginia. Um, this was my favorite moment of the game. Uh, Kevin Willard did a halftime interview with Tracy Wolfson, and it was a lot of fun. This is from uh, CBS. Let's go over to Trace. Thanks, Coach. Last time we spoke, you guys couldn't get anything going. What changed down the stretch here to have this lead? Well, if you've seen us play on the road before, being down only nine after ten minutes, that was kind of like, hey, we're only down nine. Sometimes we're down 20, sometimes we're down 16, and this group always finds us a way to fight itself back. So I know you were worried, but I kind of was like, oh, it's not that bad. You are a team of runs. Yes, Good luck. We'll see you in a second. I love that, right? Like, I love the, the, ref- the refreshing honesty of, man, I don't know. We probably should have been down by 50 given how we were playing. The fact that we played that poorly and we were only down by three scores, hell, it's about as much as I could have asked for in that situation. I look, th- this has to change. Like it's one of the things that we can all we can all give a pass to the fact that this has been such a storyline this season because we can say it's a thin team, it's not a complete team. This isn't really Kevin Willard's team as much as it's guys that he's inherited, and they figured out ways to win games anyway. But if it were to continue, like if the next couple of seasons there are more of these slow starts, there are more of these utter lapses in scoring for long droughts during games, it's going to start reflecting on Kevin Willard. It's going to end up becoming part of his story. We are going to file these things away, like the road record will file away. You don't get to make up for that by having a fun halftime interview. You don't get to keep just have ah, heck. And to what it's worth, one of the things I had said about Mark Turgeon in the early years is I thought that he was pretty honest. Now, honest sometimes to a fault, I don't think he recognized. One of the things I had said about Kevin or about Mark Turgeon was I thought he was a little too Midwestern for the job. Like he was very frustrated at the fan base getting on him from the stands. And I kept saying, like, Dude, you need the fan base to be passionate. The problem is when the fan base isn't passionate. Now, that doesn't make it okay that you know fans would leave threatening messages on his kid's car or something. like. None of that's okay. But just complaining about him, I, I remember fam- like he emotionally tried to tell the story of, you know, last, my son didn't want to come to the game today because last week all he heard about was how daddy couldn't coach. And... I was like, dude, this is not the flex you think it is. I get it. You've got a young son, and I know that that probably made him emotional. But that is what comes with this job. 
if you don't want that, you can't be here. You're going to have to go to Wright State or, I don't know, maybe they're like that at Wright State too. I don't know enough about Wright State. You're going to have to go to Drake. You're going to have to go to, you know, IUPUI. You need passion. You need, now, that there's a line, right? Like, I don't want, you know, young kids to be, that's why I thought it was good that Len Elmore was getting up. We don't need to use the F word the way that we do. That's low rent and embarrassing for Maryland fans, even if you're a student. And I get that you can't understand that when you're 19 years old. But adults need to step in and say, dude, if you're doing that, you're going to get kicked out of the game. We don't need to do that. But just to hear, you know, he all he heard was daddy couldn't coach. Well, dude, you know. I don't know what to say here. Um, but the point being, he was honest. Like, he was trying to tell you honestly things. He would say, and, he, you know, he would sheepishly say, he would throw guys under the bus. I mean, like, he was honest, but it was the bad kind of honest. This yesterday I thought was fun from Kevin Willard. Like, it was honest. I truly believe that that's what he was thinking. Like, boy, this could be a lot worse. We have played terribly, and yet we're not out of it, in part. And I was texting with some folks yesterday because your defense, and that's been the thing that's stuck for Maryland all season long, is that even when they've gone through these wretched droughts, the defense has still held. And that's what's allowed them to work their way back into a lot of these games when they've had slow starts even on the road, even games they didn't win, right? Like, they worked their way back in against Nebraska. They worked their way back in. They got off to a slow start against Penn State. They might have lost the game, but there was a reason why we were disappointed by it, because they had rallied and they had taken a big lead themselves. I don't think Maryland has a chance against Alabama. Now, there is the wild card, and we'll talk to Chris Stewart, their play-by-play guy, a little bit later, of Brandon Miller dealing with this groin injury. And, what, he went scoreless yesterday? Yeah, he did not score. I mean, they didn't need him to, obviously. They were playing Texas A&M Corpus Christi. But if Brandon Miller really isn't right, and I have to admit, I did not watch any of that game yesterday. If he's really not right physically, that is significantly relevant. Still doesn't make me think Maryland can beat Alabama. But at least gives them a chance. I am, you know... It's 9.40, by the way, on Saturday night. and could be even later than that because it's the second game, so it depends on how long the first game goes. It could end up being like a 10 o'clock tip. If the, yeah. if the first game takes as long as the Maryland game took yesterday, then it's going to be like a 10.15 tip on Saturday night, which I'm rooting for because I have an 8 p.m. lacrosse game. May it start as late as possible so that I may be able to watch as much of the game as I can. Big fan. Big fan of Maryland getting the late tip tomorrow night. That is great news for your boy. Also, I did realize it's a little bit weird. I know it's not a day turnaround. It's a two-day day. But it is. if I'm Alabama, remember the thing that like Kevin Willard brought up after the they, they won when they beat Minnesota in the Big Ten tournament? He was like, it's a bit weird that the losing team gets to go first in media because they don't have another game to play tomorrow. They can just go home. We need to get the guys back, get them to bed. Right. Like, we should be the ones that would benefit and get to go first doing media so we can get out of here a little bit quicker. And it's a, like, the, mostly it was met with, like, you know, eye rolls. Like, okay, dude, you're complaining about winning. Like, <laughs> really? But his point is correct. There's, the other team doesn't have to do anything, their tournament is over. 
They've got nothing but off days. Obviously, for Minnesota, it was a year's worth of off days at that point. But even if you're an NCAA tournament team, you got off days. You got more than a week off now. There's no reason why you should need to go first. It's just kind of traditionally how it's been done in basketball. But his point was relevant. And I would say the same thing if I'm Alabama. Dude, I'm the one seed. I know you want to stagger things for TV. Like, I understand that. But there is no world in which Maryland should get to play, or either of those teams, should get more rest than we do going into And it's just something I've never thought about. I've never spent a, a single second thinking about it. Will it ultimately benefit Maryland? I doubt it. Especially with Alabama having played, like maybe if it was at noon on Saturday, there could be some benefit for Maryland of like a quicker turnaround. The turnaround from Saturday or, or Thursday to, afternoon. To, to late afternoon Thursday to late night Saturday, I don't think it's so dramatic that that should affect Alabama all that much. But, you know, it, I don't think it can hurt that Maryland got things over with a little bit quicker than Alabama did yesterday. I, I don't think that can be a bad thing. I still just don't give them much of a chance. But, as I keep saying, that's okay. It, it really does not. It, it's what I keep saying. They're going to play the game, so you kind of want them to win. Because we're going to sit down and we're going to watch tomorrow night. And, like, if we're watching, you might as well see them win. But, truth be told, if they lose by 35 points, they do about what I expected them to do. I think they're going to get crushed by Alabama. If Brandon Miller is anything close to right... Alabama is a drastically better team than they are. And I think they're going to get demolished. But if he's not, or if they just happen to play really well tomorrow or Alabama doesn't play all that well, you know, that could be interesting. None of the results, the only way that it's fast, that it changes anything for me is if they win. If they win all of a sudden, then there's this is a, we think about this season in a drastically different way. This becomes one of the most magical seasons in Maryland basketball history. We'll talk about that with Rodney in a minute. If somehow they figure out a way to win this basketball game. They're eight and a half point underdogs. I mean, I can't believe it's only eight and a half. I mean, I, I get it. It's the NCAA tournament. It's a neutral court. You know, like, it's the second round. Maryland's a, a, a major opponent. Like, you can only set that line so large before people would have to start coming in on Maryland. But my line would be more than eight and a half. It would be more than that. Like, eight and a half, sure as hell, is not enough to get me to bet on Maryland. <laughs> no I way. I think I might take it. I mean, but the, you're doing that for the funsies of it. Yeah, I guess. Like, if you didn't care about Maryland, it it wouldn't, that number wouldn't work for you. That number wouldn't be enough. That's, they're, come on. Of course, you might, also not, might not know enough about Maryland to know why that number would be that, whatever, whatever. It's a different conversation. Uh, John from Little Rock, sort of shocked that A&M wet the bed last night. State Penn has surprised me. Yes. You know what? I'm really mad at myself because I, 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 I started with Penn State winning that game in my brackets. And then, like a day later, I said, why am I being so bullish about the Big Ten? The Big Ten stinks. And I changed everything. Um, t- you thought the Texas A&M would be pissed off about where they were on the seed line. And maybe they were, but it sure as hell didn't show. And I thought A&M would go... I thought that I had him going pretty far. I think I had him in the elite eight. I think. Oh wow! I I like this A and M team a lot. Oh, no, did I lose it? Because they they played so well in the SEC, and I I guess I probably had Arizona in the elite eight, right? Like that's. Uh, I want to say I I feel like I had to have as well. KZ had Arizona winning it all. Ooh, that's rough. That is not great. 
Uh, he's not the only one. Someone named Brooke had a couple more. And as whoever, well. oh, like four people had must bus. Uh, who is that? I don't even remember who that is. I'm sorry. Ball uh, so hard and uh, or Balo, uh, Balo. That's I don't. Good. I don't. Re- I'm sorry. I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> who everybody is. Uh, what did I have? I had you had Kansas. Well, I had them winning, but did I have? I had Arizona very much in the Elite Eight. I had them in the Final Four. In fact, son of a bitch. Not good news for your pal, but I had them losing to Texas. I had Texas A&M losing to Texas in the second round, so Texas A&M didn't hurt me all that much. But, uh, yeah, Arizona, that is crushing. That is crushing. Yikes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So far, oh, I forget who this is. I know somebody went 14-2. and Yeah. I like turtles. Oh, and I, I, God, I'm sorry. I should, I should write down somewhere who everybody is so we can go over it. I'll make that a plan for the end of the first weekend. I'll figure out who's in front. I, I do remember somebody telling me that was their name for the bracket, but I don't remember who it was. So, such is life. Um, the other storyline I think that developed on day one, I mean, Houston struggled mightily, yeah, and particularly because both Sasser and Sneed are hurt, and I don't know what the situation is long term but you know that's a, that's a lot of teams that's not just a final four pick that's a legitimate national championship yeah. pick for a lot of people and if those guys are still hurt like that could be a major storyline going going forward i don't know who would they have who do they have next they have auburn which might be good because iowa and auburn were both trying to lose yeah, yesterday that, that, the auburn doesn't like i think you should be able to beat auburn mm. with even not being full go like I guess it comes down to where are they by next weekend? I mean, they do have to look. They still have to beat Auburn, and then yes. where are they next week? Yeah, they lost to Memphis in the AAC title without Sasser. So, well, and I don't know. They just didn't look. They looked like a team that was fitting to lose. I mean, they looked like the team even late. Like they still, they never really actually pulled away. Northern Kentucky just kind of ran out of time. Like at some point, you looked up. They're like, oh, they never really made. A closer really. move, and now all of a sudden there's two and a half minutes left, and they're still down by nine. So it's over, but it never felt like Houston actually put them away as much as the clock just ran out on Northern Kentucky, and they were able to get it to the finish line. That was um, that was a big story because Houston's definitely a team that there's a lot of faith in for the national championship among. Oh, you're a my, you're my a Houston champion. guy. My you're a Houston guy. Yeah. <sighs> I did not realize that Arizona. So mad at myself. So mad at myself. Why wouldn't I have just picked Alabama? What the hell's wrong with me? What is wrong with me doing that? That is crushing news. Uh, thank you to everybody who got into our bracket. It's, uh, I think it's going to be about $380, I think is the number. I'll double check on that, that we're going to be donating to Show Your Soft Side. So that's a wonderful thing. I'm very happy. I, I know I yell at you guys and I get on you about things, but this ended up being a wonderful turnout that we had for our bracket contest this year. As Look, I get it. Some people want to get into other bracket contests because there's more prizes, right? There's a prize for second place. There's a prize for third place. I appreciate all of you for just saying, you're doing something for charity. I'm in no matter what. So I think the prize is going to be, I will double check that number, but I thought I saw $380 was the number that the winner was going to get and $380 for charity. But I will double check that here today. Thank you to all of you who got in before the games began yesterday. All right, today's show is brought to you by Birdland Sports. By Birds fans, for Birds fans, Birdland Sports has all of the coolest T-shirts 
all of the coolest gear right now for you as you get ready for opening day. Fun player-themed shirts. The sort of stuff that plays against some other Baltimore cultural institutions like The Wire. You see the birds written out in the wire lettering or the the birds are coming t-shirt in the style of Omar. It's all available right now. And price is much cheaper than the big guys. The quality remains the same. And still, even though it's already St. Patrick's Day, plenty of time for you to get your order in and have it before opening day. So go to birdlandsports.com right now. Birdlandsports.com, again, is the website. Get your order in. Birdland Sports by O's fans for O's fans. You want to take a break? We can, we got to get two more breaks in, and I got to get out of here. So why don't we do that? We'll grab a break. Rodney Elliott's going to join us next. Talk some Terps. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19 and want to start a new career in healthcare? Look no further than CCBC. Starting in March, CCBC offers short-term career training programs in medical front office, pharmacy technician, and certified nursing assistant. And the best part? Funding is available to those who qualify. Healthcare is a rewarding field that can offer job security and fulfillment. With CCBC's healthcare programs, you'll learn everything you need to know to get started in these in-demand careers. Call us at 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Healthcare Programs. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Baseball betting is here. Bet $50 with Maryland's newest sports book, Bet Fred, and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up through PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. Of course, Maryland, Alabama, tomorrow night, late tip in round two of the NCAA tournament. Joining us now, one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. He is, of course, a former Terp standout in Baltimore's own Mr. Rodney Elliott, and he's back with us here on GCR. Noodles, what's up, brother? How are you? All is well, Glenn. How about yourself, I'm, man? I'm good, man. I'm going to do So you requested it. Of course, we've got here in studio the Lamarometer. I'm I'm going to give you the terpometer, all right, and you're oh, going to set okay. the needle, the percentage chance that Maryland will pull off the shocker and beat Alabama tomorrow night in Birmingham. If you were setting the terpometer, where would you have that number? I would set it at fifty percent. Look at you! Right. Look at Matt you! Smith. Somebody's going to call you a homer. You understand that, of course. Somebody's going to say. <laughs> that's a um look man I, i'm in a weird place rod because i i'm when i say i'm not concerned trust me when the game tips off tomorrow night i'm gonna be invested i'm gonna care i'm gonna be i'm gonna want them to win the game but going into it 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 really is house money for me right like this to me has been a successful season it has been a season beyond any reasonable expectation it gives me great hope for the future of the program even if they go out tomorrow night and they get smacked around by a really good Alabama team, nothing is going to change about my opinion about the direction of Maryland basketball. Does that seem fair? Doesn't seem fair because you can still have those same exact feelings <laughs> win, lose, or draw at 10, 30, 11 o'clock tonight. So for right now, the way March Madness works and has always worked, you got to play the game. I know. you got to play the game. Brackets are busted already. I know. Already, look at Penn State. Look at look at look at look at look at Virginia. I mean, like the buck, the, the brackets are busted. So who's to say we can't play our best game of the year? Because that's what it's going to take, though. Don't get it twisted. No doubt, best game of the year. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. They'd have to do that, Rodney. Uh, let, let me go before we get to the game. Just on the whole, because you and I haven't talked a lot this season. How encouraged are you? How confident are you? It's only one year, and again, they struggled on the road. It's not like this is one of the best teams in college basketball, but based on those things I talked about, based on surpassing expectations, how encouraged are you that this program under Kevin Willard is trending towards 
being back to being nationally relevant within the next three to five years? This year was very refreshing as a former player, former alumni, Maryland fan, all the way around the board from the energy that he shared and he had with us preseason. I'm talking about during the football season and talking to him and having the meeting, him meaning Coach Willard. He was excited about this year. He knew if he got the guys to buy in that they would have somewhat of a good year, meaning just getting the best out of what he had. So you combine that with uh, opportunity for him to go out and recruit. You combine that with the opportunity for him to go out there and get guys in there that, you know, can understand his system and buy into what he got going on. Coalfield House, I'm sorry, Xfinity Center <laughs> was rocking this whole year, right? So fans are excited about Maryland men's basketball, and that's great. So I am definitely excited about Maryland basketball trending, trending back to what the old school used to be. I, I think what you just said is so important, right? Like this fan base is reinvigorated. This feels like a special place to be again. It feels like there is there is life that exists. And to your point from your conversation with Kevin Willard, I found him to be incredibly likable. He did this really fun interview with CBS yesterday at the half, right, where he's like, man, I wasn't all that worried. I thought we could have been down by 20 points at this point, yeah. right? Like he just comes off as someone that feels like a natural fit for this job and what it requires. And, you know, at times he's proven, you know, he can be a pretty damn good basketball coach too. For sure. I've watched him all year, man, particularly when he comes out of timeouts yep. or particularly when, you know, second half and got to make adjustments. And either I said this before in a couple different shows or people ask me about it. I like when they come out of timeout and they get what they want. Don't necessarily mean making a shot or making a basket, but you get what you want as far as the play is designed, as far as the concept is designed. That means to me that the guys are buying in. That means your coaching staff is doing a great job of keeping the guys on the bench connected, right? So when you have those things in place, connectedness between coaching staff and players, guys are buying into the system. I mean, he brought something back that I was dying to see, getting the ball up and down, like, you know, um, pressing on defense. Like, after, after we score, we're right back up in their chest. And that's the stuff that I watched Maryland go through before I got there. I was a participant in that. And to me, that's exciting basketball. That's new age basketball, what's going on right now. And, again, you know, um, today is an opportunity for them to show that because there's only one way to play today. One way to play today is staying out of foul trouble. One way to play today is rebounding the basketball. One way to play today is, is making your shots. We're going to have to hit shots and stand out of foul trouble. So, to me, today's assignment is no no different than any other big game on the season. You know, it's win or go home, and it's also play your best. He is Rodney Elliott, of course, Maryland and Dunbar legend with us here on GCR. Maryland, Alabama, tomorrow night, 9.40 p.m. down in Birmingham. Um, Rodney, a couple things. One it, does do any of the things like the the struggles on the road, the the droughts we saw two of them yesterday, right? Like two just yeah. really puzzling sort of lapses. Does any of that concern you beyond this season, or do you sort of chalk all that up to it's a it, you know a, a a team that is very it's not very deep. It's a team that maybe is not the team that Kevin Willard ideally would want to put together when he has the idea. Like, does any of that stuff concern you beyond this season that this team has gone through? Yes. Playing well on the road is going to be a huge factor because the Big Ten is going to get better. 
the Big Ten is going to be consistent. So those environments are great, and we got to improve that record. Um, depth. Depth is going to be important for the long haul. Again, you know, we're going to be considered right there in the top of the ranks when it comes to the Big Ten as far as being, you know, top four or five teams in the Big Ten because that can bode well for you when it comes tournament time. You know, I think right now we're about five, six guys strong, and you need more more bodies to be able to last the season and also go long in a tournament run. And we got to find some outside shooting, right? Outside shooting is huge for college basketball in general, but I think combined with um, defensive effort, I love his schemes offensively. If we can find somebody that can consistently – uh, put the ball in the hole from the three-point range or outside, I think that helps us out a whole lot going forward. Uh, this team in particular, how impressed have you been by Juju Reese? Who it, I, I know that Jameer Young, you could say, has been the straw that stirred the drink, but to me, this team has gone as Juju has gone. When he stayed out of foul trouble, when he's been assertive, it really does feel like that's when Maryland has been at, the, at their best. And to me, any shot that you have – not that Alabama is, you know, it's that specifically size is the issue, but I don't know. I, I don't know that there's a path to beating Alabama that doesn't involve Juju Reese staying out of foul trouble and having a dominant game. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, he's done really well second half of the season leading in the tournament play and so far right now in a big dance. But him being out on the floor is crucial. Him being able to keep himself out of foul trouble, meaning if he comes in the halftime, he got one foul, I'm fantastic about that. Mm-hmm. Two is fine, too, but, you know, no early fouls in the second half, playing smarter. I think he's calmed down a little bit as far as, like, just, you know, not in a rush. Um, I like the way he's communicating with his guards. You know, um, I share it with them uh, on social media, and I send his DM. I say, dude, you got to tell your guards to slow down because you're getting unnecessary fouls when it comes to setting these picks. Huh. So set a good pick, but you got to tell that guard to slow down so you can get that guy. Because ain't no sense you picking up a BS foul on you setting an offensive foul. And then on top of that, he gets in the guy's butt when they um, whiff on defense and he got to clean up all the mess back there. So he's becoming a lot more vocal. He's receiving the ball um, in the paint and, and, and scoring well. So I think this is something for him to build on as well for next year. But believe it or not, we um, don't believe that if, Juju doesn't play a good game. We'll have a chance today. He's definitely crucial for ah, us today. There's no doubt about it. Um, Rodney, the other player that stands out, of course, as I mentioned, is Jameer Young. And you know there's this sort of fascinating conversation that exists now where Jameer, because of his size, probably is going to struggle to find his way through to being on the NBA radar. And yet he could, of course, you know a thing or two about the opportunities that can exist to go overseas, make some good money. And because of COVID, there's this option for a fifth year. And now in the era of NIL, where he could maybe further entrench his legacy here at Maryland if he had to return for another year. And he could also still make money via NIL in the process. If, if he called you up and said, Ronnie, tell me what you think, what kind of advice would you give to Jameer Young about this decision that's ahead of him? Oh, man, options. Isn't it good when you got options on the table? It's nice. Like, dude, Rodney, you know I have man. been the guy that has said in the past, if you can go somewhere and make money playing basketball, I don't care where it is. If it's Romania, if it's – go make your money, man. Like, there's only a limited time. But this is unique now, right? Like, it's a cool. different conversation because you can make money and play basketball. And I do think there's a really – there's a potential for you to – kind of put your name down with some of the greats in Maryland history if you choose to come back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, for one, 
if being a professional is what he wants to do right now, I think he may have the option to try it, you know, not hire an agent, go out there, yep. compete in some of the individual camps, see where he stacks up against some of the other guards in the, uh, you know, that are trying to make that, that leap to the next level. Um, on top of that, you know, you got the G League as well, too, so I don't know where he wants to – situation goes as far as financially but any time you got an opportunity to still stay in school and still play ball but maybe work on a master's degree or something like that i think that's an awesome opportunity as well so again he definitely has tons of options out there um things he needs to work on he is a smaller guard so um i know he had trouble last night or yesterday i would say so to speak with that pick and roll being doubled and you know the big guards getting on top of it so that's some ways he can improve individually but I think for me, number one would be test the waters, see what's out there, see how I measure up. And then if Coach Willard or University of Maryland would love to have him back or, I don't know, any, anybody else, he can still, you know, play college ball and, and, and hone his craft. I think it would be good for him because he's definitely proven he can play in a big league, right? He went to the smaller school um, before prior, prior to coming to Maryland, but succeeded with us this year, made second team all Big Ten. So he definitely can play at a big-time level. I, there's no doubt that he can play. I mean, he's he was a revelation, right? There's a part of it that's like, how the hell did he get stuck at Charlotte for so long, man? He was right. a revelation. Um, all right, Rodney, what's it going to take? Give me the give me the roadmap. Tomorrow night, Alabama down in Birmingham. It's going to be obviously a raucous pro Alabama crowd that's going to be there. Although it was pointed out to me that because Auburn plays in the other game, maybe there's a chance some of those fans stick around and. Clearly, they would love to see Alabama lose, and so maybe you can coerce some of those guys to become big Maryland fans. But we're expecting a lot of Alabama fans tomorrow night. Um, yeah. What is what is the roadmap? How does Maryland go about pulling off this shocking upset? Oh man, come out from the tip, ready to go. I know Coach Willis said they were down nine and they've been down big before. You can't get down with this team because they're going to keep piling it on if you do get down. Right? Obviously, Juju stay out of foul trouble. Hopefully go into that second half either one or no fouls at all. Um, that's crucial. That's key. And you got to hit your shots, guys. You know, we got to drive and kick and hit jump shots when needed. Um, take care of the ball. So, you know, that, that's the script. I mean, Alabama's been fantastic all year. They got the number one player or, you know, as far as, you know, the league is concerned. Yep. Um, but you got to play your best game tonight. Um, you know, hope for the best. What a, what a story it would be. Dude, if, if they somehow win tomorrow night, this becomes one of the most magical. I mean, this maybe goes down with, you know, like that the, the, the Georgetown win and that year that nobody saw coming, right? Like this, yeah, yeah. this, this could become one of the most magical seasons in Maryland basketball history if somehow they win this game tomorrow night. For sure, for sure. I mean, it would be special. Rodney Elliott, uh, it's Rodney Elliott S1 on Twitter, correct? You know what that is, but I gotta go back and, and fix my Twitter up because I, I I don't I don't remember the passcode to that one. So <laughs> I'm gonna send you my Twitter when I get it jumping up when, when right. I get it going. Make, make sure you do that, brother. You know how much but, we. But, oh, but before I go, I yes. gotta give shout out to Maryland High School basketball, particularly Baltimore. Yeah. Congratulations to college. Um, going undefeated. Coach Omar Smith did a fantastic no job with this there. Um, Newtown, I think they won as well. Um, yep. for, their, for their division, and yep. someone else won. Oh, someone else is from You know what's so funny, won. Rodney? Reed and I went Parkville. Out. Thank you. Yes, Parkville did. Parkville. 100%. Yep. 
Reed and I went out of our way. By Holy Quran. Young fellow was hooping. Holy Quran was hooping. We tried to make sure that we gave everybody a shout out on the radio show last Sunday because a hundred percent, especially Omar, and that's that's unbelievable to go undefeated. It's incredible to go undefeated all season. That's an incredible accomplishment. Uh, You know what? Let me wrap with that then, Rodney. How, How much have you felt maybe a change in the way that people around here feel about Maryland since Kevin Willard arrived? Oh, that's a good question. You know what? That makes it more attractive, to be quite honest. I mean, I had the opportunity to play good high school ball here, and I wanted to stay close to home, right? Yeah. So um, I'm all for it, without a shadow of a doubt, getting guys that are in this area, Baltimore, DMV area, to stay close to home. And Coach Willard is making it hard for them to pass that up. So um, I love that. that is definitely a feather in their cap. Uh, by the way, I was just reminded that the uh, the 1A title was Edmondson Westside as well. So Edmondson Side, you're there right. You my bad. I forgot about the my guy, Coach Darnell Downs. You know what? He's a Dunbar guy. Hey, so there you go. Rodney, there you go. He's man. a Dunbar guy. Rodney Elliott, love you, brother. Always appreciate you, man. We will talk very soon. All right. Thanks for hopping on with me this morning. No worries, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Rodney Elliott with us here on GCR, Maryland and Dunbar legend. Appreciate him doing that. All right, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. You saw that it didn't move today, John. You see that. No reason for movement. We're not going to force it. We're not going to fake it. We're not going to BS it. It's important that we try to do this legitimately. No movement on the meter today. Stayed exactly at 74%. We'll get another update on Monday. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department, where I want please send a message over. Definitely not watching basketball as I drive. Today when I head out to Stevenson for the Mustang Classic, we'll definitely not be doing that. I will put on 1300 AM and not anything else. will not be watching basketball on my phone as I drive because I know the Baltimore County Police Department has a responsibility to pull me over if I was doing such a thing because I am a danger to everyone in the county if I were to be watching basketball while driving my vehicle. So I promise you, Corporal, Robert, Ch- Sergeant Chad Henry, I promise you, I won't be doing that. You have a passion to serve, and you want a career for life. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring. 410-887-5542. JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website. $10,000 signing bonus available for entry-level and lateral officers. Very competitive, competitive salaries. Over $60,000 a year for entry-level officers, $64,000 for lateral officers, and for cadets, over $32,000 a year. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. Let's go ahead and do Tidbit and Tubular now, then we'll take our final break and we'll talk to Chris Stewart to wrap up the show. Sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds good. Let's go ahead and do it. Tidbit and Tubular. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by... How about, or just a reminder that gambling can be fun, that you should set a limit, stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. There are 658 perfect brackets remaining somehow in, in, the, in the ESPN, ESPNs? In the ESPN uh, tournament challenge. Which doesn't, like, you know, it's only 16 games, right? Mm-hmm. But that means somebody picked both Princeton and Furman. Yeah. I'd love to know the Venn diagram of the people that picked. How many, I wonder how many people are just hitting that like random option. Well, there's it. like that smart random. I understand that, but I doubt it. <laughs> like, You think the randomizer is coming up with that 
I guess. I, don't I know, mean, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, Go ahead. Should have. If yeah. there's what nine trillion? Is it quintillion? Is that how many? Is it quintillion? How many potential? It's like the odds of getting a perfect bracket. Oh, yeah. It's, it's never going to happen. Uh, 0.003% of the brackets. I, I think the the best, like, it's funny because we had somebody go 14 and 2. I'm pretty sure one year I went 15 and 1. Wow. In the first round. And it was all, down, around. all downhill from yeah. there. <laughs> or on the first day, 15 and 1. It was all downhill from there, like a newfound glory song. Uh, so Kansas, they scored 96 points yesterday against. Um, I already forgot. Howard. Who Howard. That's right. Yes. Because it was a bit of a struggle yes. for them to start yeah, that a, game. It was a close first half. Yeah, I was not feeling great as a guy who has Kansas winning the title. <laughs> well, I got a little little tidbit for you that you might that you may enjoy. Uh, that is the most points scored by a defending national champion in its tournament opener since Florida in 2007. Well, how about that? Florida, yeah. the last team to go back to back. Back exactly. Yeah. Right. So you might have a. Uh, yeah, some precedence there. Who knows? Um, all right, and then my actual question, that dumb uh, Coke commercial that they keep playing, obviously, between every break with okay. Lil Dicky and, uh, and okay. Travis Bennett, who's his co-star on Dave. Yes. And they're like, the greatest stealer of all time. And he's like, and he's like, it's Jordan Poole, which makes no sense. What? That, that's, the, that's the ad. I didn't that even catch do. that. I really, wait, wait, he said, it, the, ad, the question was what? Th- he's like, the greatest stealer of all time. The greatest Jord- stealer? Stealer, like steals in basketball. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, and then they're like, no, it's Muggsy Bugs. And then Tamika oh, yeah, Cashings. I do, right. I do remember it now. Yes, yes. yes. So Tamika Cashings comes by and steals the Coke. Right. And they're like, yeah, okay. oh, yeah, I guess it's Tamika Cashings. She averaged two point three five in her WMBA. What are you Very asking good. me? Exactly. Anyways, then who who is the actual greatest stealer of all like time? The most steals. Most steals in NBA history. Uh, let's do the top five. I feel like I knew this. Um, oh God. So I believe Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is second. He's second. He is second. Has Chris Paul passed him? Chris Paul has not passed him. Chris Paul has 2,005. He's third, 2,531. Jason Kidd has 2,684. Who am I forgetting about? Gary Payton? Gary Payton is fifth. He is in the top five. 24-45. Two more in the top five here. Who am I forgetting? Oh, John Stockton's number one. It is. Yeah, John, John Stockton. number one. 3,265 steals. I have a chance to go five for five here. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, all right. Now I'm between a couple of people. Ah. Oh. So there's another. No. I'm. There was another point guard that I thought of, but I'm almost certain it's not him. So I'm between. Like I did the other day, the greatest Steelers. The greatest Steelers. I it's Troy Palomalu. I believe is the <laughs> correct answer. If I remember, that's that's the one, right? Ah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go with these as my final. Oh, would I be sti- no? Okay, these are my final three choices. I have written down the names: LeBron James, okay, Michael Jordan, and Mo Cheeks. Gotcha. We're looking for the fourth top. He has the fourth most steals in NBA history. Because I wrote it down first, I'm going to say LeBron James. LeBron James is not fourth on this list. He is uh, ninth. He is ninth. Oh, he has wow. 2,000. I was, I was way off. Yeah. Oh, he's got over 2,000 steals. Yeah. I actually don't feel all that bad yeah, about no, it. He's, 
way I mean, off. Seems like he could play for another five years, so who knows? So he, then I'll default to Michael Jordan because it was the second name I wrote. It is Michael Damn Jordan. Damn it. He is fourth. Mo Cheeks is uh, sixth on this list. Really? Yes. I know that I have – okay. I This – not any time – I feel like Kyle gave me this as a tidbit mm. years ago. I mean, like five to six years ago, which is the only reason I knew that Mo Cheeks was in the conversation because I feel like it came up at that point. Damn. Do you know who has the who has averaged the most steals per game across their career? No. How would I, I mean? Is it one of these people, or is no, it, it is not somebody one else? Yes, is what you're saying? Else. Um. So when I was thinking point guards, the point guard that I didn't want to put on the list was Steve Nash. I don't think Steve Nash was this guy. It's not Steve. Because you always associate point guards with steals because yes, that's they, who's that's defending the ball, right? Like that's why it makes sense that those would be the guys that have the most steals. It um, is okay. Go ahead. It is Alvin Robertson. Alvin Rob, not Oscar Robertson. No, Alvin, Alvin Robertson. Robertson. That is super random. Yeah. Super random. Two point seven. Very, very random. Two point seven steals a game. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Anybody else like uh, active players that are? Uh, so yeah, LeBron and Chris Paul are high up. Chris Paul's third. LeBron yeah. is ninth. Um, uh, yeah, nobody. Russ Russell Westbrook has seventeen hundred. Okay. And All right. Yeah. All right. Those are the only ones. Very close. good. Very good. Yeah. Let's get tubular. Busy weekend ahead. Totally tubular is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, PressboxOnline.com. Great story from Luke Jackson about Gunnar Henderson as we get ready for opening day. Go get it for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Here's what's coming up this weekend, and it's a lot. Today, the Maryland women open up the NCAA tournament. They host Holy Cross, 2.30. It's on ESPN News. Remember, ESPN now does, they did in the last couple of years, finally get this right in all of the women's tournaments game. Because they used to do the bit that CBS used to do with the men's tournament, where like you would get a local game, and then they might have another game. They would only run two networks now. All of the games have a specific network like in the men's tournament. So ESPN News is where you're going to find Maryland Holy Cross today at 2.30. And then if they win, they would host, again, that game is in College Park, they would host again on Sunday if they win. But we don't know you know, when that would be or what network or anything like that. So we will find that out. Tonight, Hopkins Navy Lacrosse at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, as I mentioned, the Mustang Classic out at Stevenson. Five games already underway for the day, culminating with Dickinson-Stevenson tonight at 8. If you can't make it out, go mustangsports.tv. Tomorrow night, five games again starting at 11 a.m. with RIT taking on Stevenson at 8 o'clock. Um, look, man, here are the, the tournament games for today. God, it's a whole lot. CBS, USC, Michigan State first, 12-15. Vermont Marquette, 245. Providence, Kentucky, 710. Montana State, Kansas State, 940. True TV, Kennesaw State, Xavier, 1240. Pitt, Iowa State, 310. Grand Canyon, Gonzaga, 735. Arizona State, TCU at 1005. TNT, UC Santa Barbara, Baylor, 130. NC State, Creighton, 4. Fairleigh Dickinson, Purdue, 650. Florida Atlantic, Memphis, 920. TBS, VCU St. Mary's at 2. Iona, Yukon at 430. Drake, Miami at 725. Kent State, Indiana, 955. Orioles Twins today at 1. There is a Minnesota audio broadcast if you're an MLB TV subscriber. Dean Kramer, Tyler, mail the pitching matchup there. Uh, Maryland Baseball hosts Albany at 4 on Big Ten Network Plus. Tomorrow, NCAA tournament, TBS, Auburn-Houston at 710, and then Maryland-Alabama at 940. So the scenario where if somehow Houston does lose to Auburn, 
then I think Auburn fans. Auburn fans absolutely are inclined to stick around and root like hell against Alabama and try to nullify some of the advantage that Alabama would have home court-wise yes. tomorrow night. So be an Auburn fan for tomorrow night at 710 because then it might end up helping Maryland out a little bit. CBS, Furman, San Diego State is the first game. Of course, they would make San Diego State play at noon. I mean, it'd be... Where? where I guess that's... I mean, it's on Green the East Coast. Coast. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. one of them. But noon. <laughs> 9 a.m. local time. Great for the market out there. Let's go Tremendous Dins. stuff. Duke, Tennessee at 240. Arkansas, Kansas at 515. Penn State, Texas at 745. TNT tomorrow. Princeton, Missouri, 610. Northwestern UCLA at 840. Uh, lacrosse tomorrow. Maryland, Virginia. That's a big one. And it's on TV. It's on ACC Network at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Down in Charlottesville. Loyola's at Bucknell at 4 on ESPN+. Plus. UMBC's at Bryant at noon. Only team that's home is Towson. They take on Drexel tomorrow at noon on Flow Sports. The Maryland women travel to Rutgers. I guess Mount St. Mary's is at home as well. Against LIU on ESPN3. Orioles are on TV tomorrow on Masson 2. Why is it Masson 2? I guess maybe the Nationals are on TV too. I don't know. They're at the Red Sox at 1 o'clock. Grayson Rodriguez is on the mound. Don't know who's Ooh. going for Boston. But, yes, a good one to be on TV with Grayson Rodriguez pitching. Of course, UFC pay-per-view tomorrow night, 286. Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman at 5. Special time because they are out in London. Yeah, they wanted to get in before Maryland played. Obviously. That's exactly what it is. And there's a good chance that it will be completely it should over. should be completely yeah, done, completely yeah. done before the Maryland game. So that's good news for you. Hopkins lacrosse back home Sunday night to take on Delaware. they got a busy weekend. That's uh, 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus on Sunday. Uh, Orioles are on the radio on Sunday afternoon. And then they're also doing a split squad at the Yankees, and that's on MLB TV. Look, glennclarkradio.com. Go there. Um, and then the, the U.S. World Baseball Classic quarterfinal. Let me make sure I have this right is tomorrow night on Fox against Venezuela at 7 o'clock. All right? Big game. Sure, if you say so. My, my sister picked uh, Xavier to go uh, all, all the way, I think, in losing the championship cause, just because she liked the name. Okay, very yeah. good. Uh, well, you were did saying, you tell we were her saying it, was, it. Did you tell her it was named after Dr. Charles Xavier? Was it? No. It's not. Jesus Christ. Like what? Get in, get in. What's the non-sports stuff? Uh, all right. So there's a new show on Netflix today. It's called. By the Agent way, I did get to Elvis. watch Ted Lasso last night. Ah, I've not watched the new episode yet. I did get to watch it last night. After the games are over, I took a peek, a look, see, do at uh, Ted Lasso, and you know, worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very Ted Lasso-y. Uh, Agent Elvis is this new show on Netflix. I have heard about animated this. show. I have heard Matthew about McConaughey this. is yes. Elvis, and he's a. CIA, I don't know, Correct. special agent. It's the same animation style as like Into the Spider Verse. Yep. So it looks really cool. They've got all kinds of different uh, uh, star-studded cast. Johnny Knoxville's in it. Don Cheadle, Fred Armisen, uh, and it was created by Priscilla Presley. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Um, and then the Boston Strangler movie on Hulu. This is the Kira Knight- Knightley. Uh, oh movie. yeah. Okay. And uh, it's, it's about the Boston Strangler. And it's ah, about like what a, it's what like a concept. These, well, apparently the the journalists that these these women who are journalists like kind of caught onto it first but everyone was like dismissing it like the, the string of murders and that, okay. that's okay. that's kind of the story there uh extrapolations new series on apple tv plus it takes play in the not that far away future but it's a world that is uh extremely impacted by climate change and looks interesting Ed- edward edward norton's in it uh toby mcguire meryl streep forrest whitaker uh david schwimmer sure yeah, looks looks interesting if you say so. And that is, uh, and then of course, Lucky Hank on Sunday night on oh, AMC. Oh, I do want to watch that. I yes. do. It's on AMC. It is on AMC. Okay. Yes. All right. That seems like a place that Bob Odenkirk would be on a Sunday <laughs> night. That, oh, 
I don't know. That was uh, those shows weren't on Sunday night, were they? Were they Sunday night? Shows? I don't. Th- they were Monday night, right? Wasn't yeah. Or yeah. Lucky Call Saul was was Better Call Monday. Saul. I thought was or definitely yeah, Lucky Call. I don't know about Breaking Bad. I don't remember when. It's been a few years. I don't yeah. remember what night Breaking Bad aired. It was either Monday or Tuesday for Better yeah. Call Saul. Very good. All right. Yeah. Everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Hour number two of today's show, also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We will wrap up today's show and the week by previewing Alabama. What do we need to know about Brandon Miller's groin? We're going to talk groins next. Big moment here on the program. You can ask about Will Sass or Will Sass, Sasser's growing. Right. Well, he probably doesn't know quite as much about that. Chris Stewart is the uh, play-by-play voice for Alabama basketball, and he will join us next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have you experienced hardship due to COVID-19? Whether it's job loss or a change in career, CCBC has funding available for short-term career programs like welding. Our welding program provides hands-on training with experienced instructors, preparing you for a career in a high-demand field. And with classes starting in March, now is the perfect time to take advantage of this opportunity. Don't let the pandemic hold you back any longer. Call CCBC today at 443-840-2222 or online at ccbcmd.edu to learn more. CCBC Welding. Your new career starts now with funding available. 443-840-2222 or ccbcmd.edu. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Winding down for the week here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Betfred is Maryland's newest sports book, and it's now up and running just in time for March Madness. Bet $50 and get up to $1,111 in bonus Fred bets. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for Betfred specials and other great sign-up deals. And we are indeed winding down here on a Friday edition of the program. Tomorrow night, Maryland-Alabama in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Not going to be easy, obviously, for the Terps. 9.40 late tip-off down in Birmingham as they try to pull off a stunner, which, as I said earlier, if they were to do would completely change the tenor by which we look back on this Maryland basketball team. It would prove to make it one of the most special teams in school history, one of the most memorable teams in school history, but it ain't going to be easy, that's for sure. Let's find out a little bit more about the tie. Joining us now, he is the play-by-play voice for Alabama basketball. He is Mr. Chris Stewart. He's with us here on GCR. Chris, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No, I'm glad to do it, and I appreciate your interest and just uh, glad my team's still playing so that yep. we can actually talk. Nope. It, uh, your life is better when that works that way. I certainly understand yeah. it, Chris. Um, Amazing, me... especially when you're the play-by-play guy. You don't have <laughs> right. to uh, answer questions about what went wrong. So <laughs> right. no just doubt. enjoy it. Chris, let me start with this. Just, um, you know, I, before we get into all the other stuff, the, the groin injury for Brandon Miller, where, where, yeah. where is that? Obviously, he didn't look right yesterday, which is not that big of a deal when you're playing against Texas or A&M Corpus Christi, but could be a bigger deal right. against a more competent Maryland team. Yeah, probably. There's no question. Much better opponent. Much uh, His services needed much more so in that game. But here's why Alabama's the number one seed, has played as well, set a school record for wins, all of this. It's not that uncommon for Brandon Miller to not have uh, a huge game. Even though his average is great, we know who he is when he's when he's has his best game. But the guy doesn't force anything. When Alabama had one of its big wins early in conference play at Arkansas, when it was a top-10 matchup, he didn't take a shot in the first half. And now, Devo Davis did a really good job on him defensively, but he just let the game come to him. He didn't force anything. He still finished with 14, including back-to-back threes when it was tight late that were huge in that contest. 
but he, he doesn't force it. He lets it come to him. So it, it's not a, it's really not a concern that he didn't score yesterday. Now, obviously you you feel better if he's a hundred percent. And and I think you, you know, there's a better chance of that being the case by tomorrow night because he didn't have to play as many minutes. He gets a full day today and tomorrow to get that healed up, rested up. So hopefully that's the case, but even the Houston game that Alabama won, which is probably their best win of the year uh, in a season full of them in, in the game at Houston, he doesn't score a field goal in that game, but made six free throws in the last minute that sealed the win. So uh, it, it's a big story, and I understand why it would be. But if you've seen the season as a whole and in context, it's not that big a deal. So uh, what you're saying, and I mentioned this earlier, I, I, it's funny because I said Alabama's good enough that even if Brandon Miller is impacted, that doesn't make me suddenly say, well, now Maryland's going to go win. Like, they are definitely good enough that even if Brandon Miller is a shell of himself physically, this team can absolutely still win games even against very good teams. It, the, the amazing thing, and I've done this many times this year, when you're talking about the team, and I, I may do an interview just like I've done with, I'm doing with you here today, where I'll go 10 minutes and talk about different players and different things and then realize, oh, I hadn't mentioned Noah Clowney. Hmm. Or, oh, I haven't mentioned Mark Sears. It just depends on the game, the night. Now, look, please don't misunderstand me. They're, by no means am I saying this team's infallible. While they've got a school record with 30 wins, they also have five losses, including a head-scratcher to Oklahoma by a big number. So this this team's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But when they're when they're at their best, I think they're clearly the best team in the country. When they're below their best, they still have a chance to win because of all the things they're able to do. You know, they only had the three point shot is a massive part of what they do. But there 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 was a game on I think it was Arkansas at home fairly recently. I'm I'm sorry, I can't remember specifically. But they only had three threes and still scored eighty six points. They were uh, they find ways to get it done, and when the defense is there with the offense, it's a really tough team to beat. So tell me about what that looks like when they are at their best. Obviously, as you point out, they're knocking down shots and they can be lethal. But it, it, yeah. for them, the the roadmap where this thing could get a little bit ugly, and believe it or not, we are we are worried about that a bit up here. Um, the, sure. The roadmap where this could get a bit ugly if if Alabama's humming, it's because they're doing what. If they are playing like the numbers indicate, and has as they have been the majority of the year, a lockdown defensive team, but they also shoot the three like they did yesterday, because uh, I think they wound up with what twelve, fourteen made threes. I'm looking at the uh, looking at the number right now. Yeah, they went fifteen of thirty three. That was that was one shy of the tourney record of sixteen that they actually made against Maryland two years ago. Yeah, we remember that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can't forecast that happening, but they shot it extremely well that day. They were, they were great shooting the ball yesterday. Uh, Didn't defend at the level that Nate wants to see, but they were, they were really good offensively when they put the defense with the offense. That's when things can get bizarre. They had four, I'm trying to remember this one, and I apologize. I, I'd have to look again at it. But I want to say it was three or four 
40-plus win games in conference play, and that doesn't count a 27-point win over Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen in this league. Yeah. Um, and I know Kentucky hasn't been its best version of, of what Kentucky is, but still 27 over Kentucky is yes. jaw-dropping. Notable. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and they've, they've had others that were very, very close. I think they only had of their 18 league games six that were not, and that includes two losses now of the 18, six that were not double-digit victories. So I think maybe only four of their wins were not by double-digit margins. So, so, so how, pretty amazing what they were able to do. Uh, we're talking with Chris Stewart, the play-by-play voice for Alabama basketball. The question becomes – how at all are they vulnerable, right? You bring up that sort of puzzle yeah. loss to Oklahoma. What what does have to happen for Maryland to have a chance tomorrow night? Maryland's a physical team, and Alabama does not respond to the physicality well if they force Alabama into a high number of turnovers, um, if, if they're able to, you know, do enough from three to make Alabama – pay and, and respect that and still be able to, to get to the basket and score inside, then then this is, you know, potentially vulnerable basketball team. But um, again, this is this is not an infallible team by, by any stretch. It's just that when they have been on, they have been unbeatable. It's uh, it, it's been amazing to see, you know, 57 point win. Talk about a bounce back. Um, they lose by 20 at Oklahoma in that SEC Big 12 challenge. And just, it was a head-scratcher because Oklahoma was not good. Um, had not played well, I should say, at that time. But uh, Bama loses by 20-plus at their place. Comes back and beats Vanderbilt by 57 in Tuscaloosa. And then Vanderbilt reels off like seven or eight straight wins after that. Uh, or maybe one loss in a seven or eight-game stretch. And had themselves, at least in the conversation, of the NCAA tournament, even though they did make it in. So um, they have been, uh, they've been scary good when they're at their best. He is Chris Stewart, play-by-play voice for Alabama basketball. Obviously, Chris, the this season has unfolded with a bit of a backdrop, um, and there were more stories sure. this week, and there's more news. Has there ever been a time whereas it seemed and, – and I, I want to make sure, obviously, we're clear that we're not trying to be dismissive – a young woman lost her life, and that's always the most important thing when we have these conversations. And I think, and you Absolutely. obviously know that, and everybody knows that. No question. Has has there ever been a moment where any of this has appeared to impact them when they play basketball, or has there been, you know, whatever reason when they're on the floor, you've just said yeah. th- this is not that's not what's going through their minds right now. The, the I think as any of us that have played sports at any level can appreciate and understand, um, sports can be almost an oasis when there's tragedy in your life, whatever that tragedy may be. Uh, I go back to my senior year of high school, and I was 17 years old. My mother died coming out of open-heart surgery. Uh, two weeks before my first high school basketball game of my senior year. And I thank God literally that I had that to take my mind off of what I was dealing with at home. You know, it, 
it was something that, that took your mind off of it. I think basketball in large measure has been that, even though there's a huge spotlight on this, on this team. And, and I will say the overwhelming majority of it unfair and inaccurate as the university addressed yesterday. Uh, that being said, there was a, a moment that I did think it really had a, an impact was the first game after the, uh, the information came out publicly, even though it was known internally, but, but it was known when it came out publicly that uh, Brandon had been a cooperating witness to this and with law enforcement and the spotlight and the, the, unfair commentary and uh, however you want to phrase it that was that was on him I thought it was very interesting in that game at South Carolina which was not playing very well at the time the team as a whole played like you expected maybe Brandon would Hmm. Uh, you know distracted nervous uh, however you want to put it whatever thing you may say and Brandon put on one of the most amazing, and I told him this when we got back to Tuscaloosa and I had a chance to talk to him just very briefly, one-on-one. I said, what you did on that court tonight is one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed in sports in my life. He goes for 41 on national television with the, the spotlight shining on him as it was. He scores to force overtime in the final seconds and then scores the game winner as he puts up a career-best 41. It was unbelievable what he did, but I thought the rest of the team was a little bit tight. And, in, and for him, um, he went out and, and did something absolutely amazing on the court. So that was a moment that for me uh, was one time where I felt like it maybe had an impact beyond that. Nate Oates has done an incredible job of, uh, of keeping them focused and locked in. And yeah, also, as you said, not in not in any way disrespectful, but as loose as you possibly can be given the circumstances and the life that's on them. Let me. Uh, I just want to kind of paint a picture for tomorrow night, if I could, Chris. We uh, we certainly yeah. know that it's going to be overwhelmingly pro Alabama in Birmingham tomorrow night. Sure. Is there any chance? You know, Houston's dealing with some injuries. That if for some reason Auburn were to pull off an upset, that like there could be enough Auburn fans there that stick around that suddenly turn into huge Maryland fans to maybe nullify a little bit of the overwhelming home court advantage that's going to be there. Let, let me be real clear on something. The voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, is a longtime, very dear friend of mine. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I have a lot of respect for, for Auburn people, for Bruce, all that. There is zero doubt in my mind that there will be a lot of orange and blue pulling for the black, red, and gold yeah. on, on Saturday night. Uh, I can I can assure you they will be Terrapin fans. Well, we're worried. Uh, there the may problem, be, we're there worried may be a few. If if they lose, we're worried they're just going to leave the arena, right? Like we're worried they're just going to go out and have some alcoholic beverages somewhere. So we're deciding so, around I here. I would recommend. Yeah, we need we need to be Auburn fans tomorrow night. You, you need to be you need to be pulling for the Tigers. And uh, look, you know how this works. The Alabama fans are, are getting tickets and buying them up in, in large numbers. They did ahead of time, and thankfully they're going to be there. And, and But anybody that's not wearing crimson will be pulling for the red, black, and gold or, or yellow, whichever it is, uh, for the Terrapins on, 
in that game. I can promise you that's going to be the case. We need we need as much of that as possible to have a chance. Hey, Chris, before I let I you go, really quickly, uh, I was t- chatting with Daniel Jeremiah yesterday, and in his most recent mock draft, he had Brian Branch falling to the Ravens at 22. And I don't know if that's going to be possible, but tell me a little bit. I know you on top of all your roles, you were also doing football games last year. Um, what should we know yeah. about Brian Branch? Man, he's he was so good at the end of last year for Alabama. Uh, played incredibly well, but a guy that I think has only scratched the surface of what he can and will be. Uh, I think he's going to be terrific at the next level. Um, the, the other thing you have to remember is, and, and you guys know this, um, guys leave Alabama. NFL ready because they have been through the system that is run like an NFL system in terms of the way Nick Saban runs the organization and that's what he calls it and, and that is how it, it operates. They're they're not uh, overwhelmed by anything that they see and experience with that and um, you know I, I had the privilege of being with Ozzie Newsom about a month ago at an event in Alabama in uh, with Ozzy's connections and impact, guys are extremely well vetted. He doesn't, you know, they don't sign people from Alabama just because Ozzy is sentimental. He's he's got uh, he does his homework and he knows who they are. And you're just as you have with Marlon Humphrey, who is yep. you know phenomenal person and great player. Yep. Uh, if the, if you draft one from Tuscaloosa, you're getting a guy that you're really glad to have in your organization, both uh, in uniform and in street clothes. To your point, the majority of them have worked out quite well. Every now and then, there's been you know a Terrence Cody in the mix. Sure, been a bit of a but for the no mo- doubt the most you, you part, have one that misses the yeah. yeah you do you have one that misses because it's not a perfect system and people aren't perfect and and. Uh, and you're not always going to get it right, yep. but, boy, the odds are really good nope, when they come from it's, there. It's been fruitful over the years. Uh, I, I wish we could have kept my guy Bradley Bozeman around a little bit longer. He's one of my favorite Oh, my gosh. Man, he yeah, is great. He and Nicky are great people. They are incredible humans. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Chris Stewart, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, getting ready for tomorrow night. At C. Stewart Sports on Twitter is how you can give him a follow. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy it tomorrow night, and we'll be in touch down the road, man. Thanks for having me on. Chris Stewart, Alabama play-by-play voice with us here on GCR. All right, I want to thank everybody who made our show possible today. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, CCBC, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Well, I guess I should thank the guests, shouldn't I? Let's thank Chris Stewart, Rodney Elliott, and also Stan the Fan. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Monday is a day. Jeremy will join us. Bill Roden will be with us on Monday. Bill Roden, uh, of course, Na- Anscape now uh, wrote about Lamar Jackson this week. We'll move the meter, maybe, on Monday. We'll see what happens this weekend. No, Unless something crazy goes down, no updates over the weekend. Um, don't forget the bat around tomorrow morning with uh, Paul and Zach from 10 to noon. Make sure you're tuned in for that as well. All right. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Terps. Go all the local lacrosse teams. Go Maryland women. Eh, I think that's the list. Duke sucks.